Ward Podcast, episode 69. Oh, yeah. Go. Welcome. This is real ominous. To late night. <laughs> Ward Podcast after dark. 69. Okay. Um. Hi, Sam. How's it going, Dylan? It's going well. How are you doing? Good, good. He's two in a row. Two in a row. You feeling good? Yeah, yeah. Feeling good? Feeling fun. psyched? Uh-huh. All right. Awesome. Will? What's up? Bill, Bill Blamtam? <laughs> <laughs> Will Blayton? I, I had this conversation the other day that, like, uh, my girlfriend's last name is Karowski, and people always go, ah, oh, geez, I'm going to butcher this. Karowski? <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, you actually got it right. And then... Like my name, Blanton. People are always like, "Easy mode, Blayton." <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got Nailed it. it. I'm doing good. Yeah, Bill Blayton. Billy Blayton. So many people with my last name are like, "Do you, do you really pronounce it like lotion?" <laughs> yeah. I was joking. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Say whatever you want. Create your own last name. You could throw like an umlaut in there and be like, it's Lucian. Yeah. Then I'd have my family to answer to and be like, why did you change it all of a sudden? <laughs> you self-conscious or something? Like, What, are you in a metal band? <laughs> yeah. Throwing around umlauts all willy-nilly? I had a... It's actually, the umlaut is how you're supposed to spell it. Aha! Uh-huh. I figure. Yeah, so you're you're technically right. Over the E? In, over the O? In the fatherland, that's how you'd spell it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I had, I had an old teammate. His last name was... Spelled C U C C I, but he pronounced it Chucky. <laughs> it's Coochie. Coochie, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why is it pronounced Chucky? <laughs> well, not- because it's pronounced Coochie. <laughs> so, <laughs> dodging a bullet. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, hi, guys. Hey. It's been, it's been, how long has it been, Sam? Two weeks? weeks i think that sounds about right last one we had was saturday before global and then we had global jam jam yeah 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 so at this point you might realize that you're not mason i'm not Mason. you're not dan and alex no uh (laughs) so mason dan and alex are taking a break for a little while because this is our last semester in brand center they're scholars scholarly type scholarly folk and then they have to hunt for jobs and then um no idea where uh, Dan and Alex might end up. They might uh, take jobs elsewhere and move there. Oh. But if not, um, hopefully we can all have them back on once the semester ends. Or even if they do, we can have them on remote. But you two gentlemen have been gracious enough to help me out with the podcast in the interim. Yeah. And, Anytime. That's and, fun. And afterwards, of course. Mm-hmm. figure out a i don't think six guys in a room six white dudes shouting at each other would, would work so we would need to figure out a different arrangement Giant bomb does it i feel like we've done day. it before <laughs> I think we've gotten up to five but we'll see yeah so what's new will William? oh man so much we want to talk about we haven't gotten your impressions of magfest my impression of magfest was that i didn't really have to do that much yeah, so you didn't have a booth yeah i didn't have a booth i just I had some speaking engagements on Saturday. Ooh, a no, Friday, maybe. I don't even remember. Did your fancy uh, panelist ribbon on your oh, on your yeah. badge? Oh yeah. They treat the panelists better than they do the, the indies. 
Yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah. You, well, guys, you guys get it get it pretty cushy. And technically, I wasn't pretty a panelist. Cushy. I was like, I should have gotten a uh, mages badge, which oh. is like, are they different? Yeah, mages are like shitty panelists. <laughs> okay. Or like yeah. panelists that don't have YouTube channels with three hundred million Ooh. subscribers or something. Right. Ooh. So I guess they just get, made a mistake and gave me a panelist badge and. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. Well, then people yeah, are just totally. rolling out red carpets left and right yeah. for you and throwing down rose petals. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was Did awesome. Did you get any like cool perks as a result? Uh, I don't think so. Well, there are mages. I was able to get into the uh, MIVs section before anybody else. Oh, sweet. But that was also due to cunning and lies. But yeah. the, the, one, the one perk I just like abused i think i know what you're gonna talk about you, you probably are because i talked to you about it when yeah, we were at yeah, yeah. um was uh okay so you know how mivs is right adjacent to the arcade yeah and the entrance uh to the arcade is like way yonder on the other side oh yeah yeah. you have to like exit, walk into the mivs room the exit is like right next to mivs yeah and they like i would just always walk up and be like yo i'm in mivs and just hold my hold my tag up <laughs> oh yes 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 come please on, please come please on, come on yeah. no, no hurry like one time one time someone was like are you sure? And I was like, dude, do you want me to ask someone else? Like, I just go. <laughs> do I have to get your manager out here? Right. Yeah, that, I, I do recall that being a huge privilege. But yeah, Sam. It's like fantastic. Sam got me to do it one time. He's like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going through the entrance. He's like, nah, got this way. <laughs> VIP, baby. And we go in. He's like, see when that awesome? And I'm like, I don't know if the 10 seconds I saved walking through the exit like, oh, yeah. like justifies the amount of guilt it's I awesome. feel. <laughs> the guilt. Because <laughs> I'm like, Indy, watch your ass. No, that's great. You got to you gotta flaunt it while you got it. Yeah, I mean. 69. You're, you're yeah. there you're there, freaking eight hours a day. I guess. The entertainment of the MAGFest attendees. Just me in a cage. You get to flaunt your, your privilege a little. Organ bit. grinder. Yeah. <laughs> and a little fez on my hat just dancing around the show floor. Uh, I'll say the biggest uh, difference between this year and last year, a casino. <gasps> that was amazing. I've never been to a casino before. Oh, God. Yeah, now he's a high roller. Yeah. I was, like, worried about you for a little bit, man. I was, I was worried like, about me for Will is a lot. Going to be a changed man after this. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we, I'm, I, I've already started saving up for next year. Oh, God. So that I can actually, like, lose some real money. Did you money. come out ahead or behind? Uh, five dollars behind. That's not bad. The so first she goes. Yeah, the first the first day I was like eighty bucks up. That's like the equivalent of like a heroin addict like going on a bender for a week and then coming out the other end with like a sore throat. <laughs> right. So yeah. It's like it I think great. you made out okay. Yeah. On the second day I came out maybe thirty bucks ahead. And the third day I just wasted all of it. I guess it was the fourth day because we didn't go one of the days. I heard uh, Brian actually made some money. Really? Yes. Yeah, according to Ruthie. Brian made some money. That's pretty awesome. Was it like yeah, that scene in The Hangover where it's Zach Galifianakis <laughs> singed out the cards table and all the equations and shits flying over <laughs> his face? Something like that, yeah. 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 I, uh, the first night when I when I like went when I had fifty dollars, so like I, I I'm really down five dollars because the ATM fee was five dollars. Uh huh. So I didn't spend more than I. He so broke you know, even. Yeah. Basically, Te- technically, I broke even. I still feel like a, I gave him five bucks, but um, yeah. When I was when I was up like fifty that first day, I was like freaking out at the table. Like the <laughs> the the lady, the dealer was just like kind of like smirking, and I was just like, "Oh my god, 
won fifty dollars. Just raining it over yeah. himself and just He's rubbing like, himself. Has this ever happened before? And she was just like giggling. And then, like after that, I was like, I gotta stop. This is Has this ever happened? Way out but of he hand. He didn't stop because he came into the Mivs area. He's like, hey. Hey, 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 hey. You want to go to the casino? 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 And your like, hands were twitching yeah. and you're like drumming your fingers across your leg. And uh, on the fourth day, or after MAGFest, uh, I said goodbye to my roommates. Really cool folks. Uh, one of my buddies, Sam Batista, who is a Hacks Flixel kind of guy. Uh-huh. He's, I think he's the official treasurer of the Hacks Flixel Foundation. Ooh. Oh, very nice. Uh, I stayed in his room. Said goodbye. Promised I wouldn't gamble again or whatever. And <laughs> then, uh, and then, <laughs> my my girlfriend picked me up and I was like, "Let's hit the casino, babe." And <laughs> she was like, "Okay." And we get we get into the uh, we're like walking through the parking deck of the casino and like we hear a honk and it's like all my roommates and they're like, "We got you." <laughs> so yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's officially an addiction at this point. Yeah, it's a good thing it's not like down the street. I just, I just love that you're freaking out over fifty bucks, which is like for a casino. <laughs> yeah, it's like comparatively just like she knew, like the tiniest amount of money. She knew they were getting it all back. <laughs> she could see it in my eyes. You'll be back. <laughs> they always come back. It's gravitated. So you did you guys? Cause how far away was the MGM? Because I could see it from our hotel room. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it was just down the street. Like, if instead of hopping on the highway to go back to Richmond, you just hang a hang a Louis, uh, the right equivalent. Ah. <laughs> uh, and Louis it's, like, Louis. right there. Cool. Yeah, I, I saw it. It's a beautiful building. I saw it um, on the way in, and Lauren, because Lauren was bringing me up with all my gear, and she's like, that's the new casino that they put in. It's really pretty. And I was looking at it, like, yeah, I don't, do I have nice enough clothes to be in there? <laughs> <laughs> to buy a three-piece so, suit? It's such a it's such a nice place. Yeah, it seems like so. very Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, I bet you felt like you were in Ocean's Eleven. When oh you, yeah. yeah, walking around with fifty of their dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I own this city. <laughs> I made you. The actual cash or just like the chips? The chips. Yeah. 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 Not cash wait, yet. Wait, you didn't even. <laughs> did you even cash it out? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you did because there's that picture of you fanning it. Yep. Behind Curtis. That was actually just all the money I had in my pocket. Oh, okay. I just brought it out for a picture. But Curtis lost, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Curtis lost big time. <laughs> I think he lost eighty bucks the first night, which I guess in casino, like, and in oh, the grand oh, scheme of things, like eighty bucks isn't that big. But Couple he was pennies. so pissed off. <laughs> it was really funny. He was just like. Steaming, like fuming about it. I should make my game into a gambling game, so we'll just get all of Curtis's money. Yeah, yeah. Because he he always does um, blackjack at like his company Christmas party, mm-hmm. where there's like fake chips and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like he always likes doing it there, and like he's come out on top a lot of the time. So he was, I think, he was expecting to just be like immediately rich, <laughs> and then every time he'd lose, he'd just be like. Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's great these, these decks are rigged yeah. rigged decks this, this table's cold can't stay at this table Will that and the uh, going to Mac- we went to McDonald's a lot more because we were going to the casino and McDonald's is on the way oh. get that two for 250 heard on episode what was that episode 60 65 so. I think yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. with, with the nugget David's, math yeah, yeah. David's <laughs> nug run <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty wild. 
For three dollars, you get enough nuggets to kill yourself. <laughs> Drown yourself in nuggets. That's cool. Anything else? What were your What were your panels about? Uh, the first panel was how to make a game in forty eight hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which was probably the most popular one. Definitely the most popular one. We were in kind of a small room. We weren't in a like tiny room, but we were in kind of like a weird forum room. It was called the forum, and it was like two rooms with no divider and then there was a uh, a bunch of chairs in a semicircle and like a what are those called <laughs> projector projector <laughs> how and, did i know that's uh, <laughs> what that's what you wanted to say <laughs> and um the first the first one how to make a game in 48 hours like it filled the room up and they had to like turn people away which was cool that's cool so that means probably we'll get a bigger room next time uh, and the second one was um Something else. I can't remember. I can't even remember who it was on it. It wasn't it wasn't as po- oh, it was uh taking your uh game jam prototype to full release. Oh cool. Which was a, I should have said in that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the name was funny because it had full release in it. <laughs> um and Probably gonna have like speaking of sixty nine there. Sixty nine? Yeah. Uh, I kept on almost calling it taking your game jam prototype to a full body release. <laughs> um, but that was that's that was like such a niche thing that I was surprised we had so many people there. There was like maybe a couple dozen. Everyone makes games now. Right, yeah. Everybody. It's like kind of depressing. It's two different reactions. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I, I would agree because I... It's good and depressing. I walked around Mibs a couple times. I was like... I have not heard of half of these games. Oh, God. Yeah. That means <laughs> what chance do I have? Yeah. I mean, an apocalypse is a real thing, but it just means you have to make a really, really good game. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it means. <laughs> well, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good game. <laughs> Show's over, folks. <laughs> I'm closing down the doors. <laughs> we had a good run. I, yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's like, I don't know how I'll succeed. It's so hard. And granted, I'm still working on my first solo commercial project. So it like this might not mean anything and I might not sell any copies and it might be garbage. But it, it would seem to me that in st- like if the game doesn't seem to be really great, like you will re- make a lot of money on it, then don't release it yet. Mm-hmm. Or just like, release it for fun. Yeah. yeah. Or, or that. Yeah. I think. But like, <coughs> try and, don't try and make money on something that doesn't seem like it's going to make money. I, I just don't. I yeah. Mean, that's, well, it's because, I mean, a lot of these people, they're creators first and you know, business people second. Sure. Like, and I mean, it's also the, the, but even then, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're a, if you're a game developer, you play a lot of games probably. So like all the games that you've played most likely made some amount of money and you can see the games that you played the most of and like try and create an experience that's as, as holistic and polished and whatever. Right. And then you'll make money if you make something that's like at that level of quality and like it is that different from everything else or whatever i think that quality thing is like the big hang up not because i mean i think everyone has their different opinions on what quality means but i think people unless you've like been taught it or like i mean like well you're an art student yeah so like you know what you know critiques are like and you know like how it feels for people to shit on your stuff and intentionally or not like you know to take criticism and make something better yeah. Like, but I think some people lack that critical eye. Sure. I think also, stuff. it's like 
So have you guys run into a lot of people that have like no idea what games are or like how games are made, but they're so excited because you make games and they've always had like this idea of like channeling their business into games or like be, like people being like, yeah, that or just I own a barbecue cart and I think that you should make a game about my barbecue cart. Yeah. I think like that yeah. has turned yeah. into like now like people seeing like things like indie game the movie and reading figures like video games are making 12 jillion dollars every day yeah. <laughs> and being like sturdy value well that's it i'm no no longer an accountant i am a game developer and just being like okay so how do we do this we throw like the smallest amount of money at artists and developers as possible and we make just like the worst piece of shit game ever and we make sure that it gets on all the app stores and like it's yeah. the people that are like really business savvy that are like poisoning the swamp so to speak i think yeah no no i agree with you it's like it's it's people that see games as products and not as like like you should really be treating making video games as if like you're like a like a filmmaker at this point I yeah like. right like or a writer yeah or a writer yeah writer's probably even a better example just because of like like are video games probably more saturated than movies at this point in terms of like I would say oh, so yeah yeah because like, there's such a lower barred entry right yeah so like so like for any of those which which are like definitely like artistic things right and you have there's there's an author and they make a thing and they're trying to make money on it um, you have to treat it like that instead of like a product to try and get you know see how, how many ad views we can get in our right. freaking mobile game and that's why it's sucks is because most people don't view it like that but if you try and make something like that i don't think it's that hard still the thing that pisses me off is when i talk about game development and this happened a lot when i was an entrepreneurship student and people will be like oh gamification and apps is really important i'm like yeah sure but that's not what i want to do like i straight up had like one of my uh like uh, like our entrepreneur in residence was like oh so you want to start with this and then move into like gamification and other things i was like no no i (laughs) don't like I mean, it has its value and it'd be interesting, but that's not where my heart is. Right. Like also, a- every business bachelor has given me a different definition of the word gamification. Yeah. Right. I've heard someone say gamification is just like juice, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're onboarding, like login, whatever is like super juicy, that's gamification. And right. I've heard someone say it's like it has to be like a mechanical thing and whatever. So I have no idea what that word means. It means it's tricking like- people. Like yeah. I think that's the gist yeah. of it is like it means having fun with your boring app. Inner box in it? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, then it's not gamified. Right. Yeah. Right. Would you would you say that Slack is gamified? No, I don't like the way Slack's set up. Really? I really don't I dislike really? Slack. What yeah. do you what do you not like about Slack? Just out of curiosity. Uh it feels like I don't know. Like I don't like the way that Like everybody says it's the new it's like the IRC for tech people, but like no, IRC is Slack for tech people, like Slack. Yeah, is no, you're right. Slack for like. Yeah, I mean, I see use IRC. That's yeah. like that's like like terminal is the 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 OS for or like the GUI for tech people. It's right. like yeah, that. Linux thing. is the operating system for technically minded right. people. Yeah. But yeah, like I don't know, Slack. It just feels like a weird like I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it, but it's just like it seems like overly complicated for what it like. The idea of like it being having all these like little internal apps or whatever and being able to tie into everything, like I don't really like. I like things being separate. But you don't have really? to use it. Yeah, I know. But then seems- at, the, at that point, like you might as well use IRC, which is like easy to set up, free to log, like 
I do like how it how it parses everything. Like yeah. that's kind of nice. Like like um if I send like it, it knows it like not that it super matters. Like I don't think I'm getting a whole lot of benefit out of this, but like if I send uh my audio guy a Windows executable versus an Android executable. Right. Then it knows the difference between those and yeah. will like if he's on his phone, will like open the APK installer or whatever so he can like install the Android thing and won't download if it's on Windows or whatever. Like right. so that's like that stuff's kind of clever. I don't think you're getting a whole lot of extra like it's not cutting down like development hours or whatever. You know, right. like it's not making anything faster, but it's just like a cool feature. Yeah. I think it's just a nicely designed contained piece of software. I think like. Discord's a better designed version of it. I still have no idea how to use Discord. I, I, I get super, like, I accidentally stumbled into the MAGFest MIVS Discord. <laughs> oh, God. And, like, accidentally signed up with a diff, a new account instead of my Discord account that I never use because their login button is, like, this tiny little, like, exit door button that's, like, oh, five yeah. pixels high in the bottom of the screen. <laughs> and so I couldn't find it. And so I signed up with this weird account and then realized it wasn't mine. So I had to log out, get the invitation again, and go back in. And it was just like making sure my mic isn't on, like, and not knowing how to how to actually like chat or anything. Yeah, I just yeah. felt like I was like just beefing sing. through the the whole. Experience. Just some guy, <laughs> some random in his apartment, just like, is it right. right. I don't know. I feel like. Uh, what is that noise? I think it's my phone. Okay. I was freaking out. I was like, "Is that my PC dying?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Like, uh, it's probably Slack. Because I thought I had mine. Oh, mine's on. It, it, is. it is Slack. It is Slack. God. Yeah, when you don't have any of the the channels muted. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like. But yeah, I don't know. Like so, like Discord feels like a chat room. I thought the voice chat was pretty elegant, as far as voice chat goes. Um. I just I don't think I like chat rooms. Like there's right, there's yeah, yeah. there's a there's a middle point where I think like I think like Facebook Messenger and Slack are like user friendly enough and like compatible enough with mine, but they're not too gimmicky. Like I don't well, use Slack is like email. It's Slack is yeah is like email like live email basically. I know I know like it, the attachment stuff. Yeah, I know it's geared towards business people mostly, and it's like there it's oh. supposed to be the email killer. Um, and Facebook is more you know obviously for your friends and stuff. But I feel like there's 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 some sort of spectrum, and on one side it's like hardcore IRC, and on the other side it's Snapchat. And I don't think I like either sides of those poles, <laughs> but I think somewhere in the middle is is more for me. Oh, I just I feel like Discord is for fun, whereas Slack is for like tech bros or something. It's very or like startups. Yeah, it's very startup culture. I mean, yeah, it totally has that vibe. If you hate that vibe, then you yeah. won't like you won't like. Slack. Thoughts, friendly reminders. Have you ever used uh, Asana? No, Asana's it's not really a chat. It's more of um, it's like a dashboard for like a, a task assigning in like organizations. Yeah, yeah, like and, a Trello kind of thing, or yeah, but it's not it's, it's not built up in boards. It's like yeah. literally just tasks, and you and you assign them to people. Um, mm-hmm. and we would use it for my previous job, but but then it has that that same kind of like friendly like you're doing great, and like sometimes when you complete a task, like the rare like the the 
Asana unicorn would show up sometimes. You would just shoot across the screen, be like, "Oh, you just spotted the Asana unicorn, dude." That's uh. like that total like, "Hey, you never have to leave the office" kind of vibe, you know? Like, yeah. I really hate. Like, uh, have you guys used Toggle? No. no. It's a time tracking software. It's what I used when I uh, when I was working on Clashcraft with Moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like give you achievements for being on it longer. Ooh. <laughs> if, you're, if you like. If you like track time for like 24 hours, it'll be like, wow, you were super productive that day. It's like, <laughs> no, I was super with your kids, man. <laughs> no, I was super self-destructive that day. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's like I that gamification. That yeah. Back to that. That's yeah. So that's, that's a that huge is. like startup thing is gamification. Yeah. That's why I hated it. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, it's like we have beds so you can sleep here. Like, oh, well, it's just like <laughs> we we have all you can eat breakfast. I think like a lot of the like old bar. people yelling at apps app stuff is because like it's they like somebody's like boy you know what it is it sure is hard to like keep track of my like tasks for the day like there should be an app for that and then you make this like horribly complex app to just essentially be like a checklist and like. It's still just easier to just use a piece of paper. And so, like, it's just like these, it's just like this. So, like, back then it was just like, all right, whatever, you want to use an app for that, whatever. But now that, like, startup culture and tech industry stuff is just like made this, like, mountain of weird software that's, like, really, like, obtuse and, like, it makes no sense at all. Yeah. And, like, it's all for, like, getting stuff done easier. But, like, <laughs> no, like, it's not easier to use, like, eight different apps to just, like, be, like, right. let's see, what, you know, what do I have to do today? Yep. When what I was, should I get at the grocery store? When I was reading The Verge, like, ritualistically and, like, listening to their podcast, like, they would be talking about, it's like, okay, this month, this is the iOS email client you need to be using. All right. right. The next month is going like, to be this one. They're but, all like, oh, it'll be so easy. And then it's just like a week later, you're like, no, but have you seen the new one where you have to switch your whole account over to this one and yeah. migrate all your information? Oh, it's no problem labels. because they, there's also this really great app that helps migrate all your data. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's because like basically every, like every, every bachelor, every bachelor comes out of Yale and it's like, <laughs> I'm, gonna read, I'm gonna read the lean startup yeah like and eric, eric reese is my god i think they found some like brilliant area of the economy that's not been automated yet and then, right and they have to like automate that and then it just turns into like all right well we'll get a valuation for that really quick but there's no like real money that's ever been made so they just make this stupid app yeah and it's not no one ever stopped to think if this was a good idea right but if it if it goes along we with like the credentials, the new Android design guidelines, it's like super great. Or right. Something. I need to send you guys this Medium article. This I think is just titled "Fuck Your Startup Culture." And <laughs> oh, I heard that one. Yeah, I think I it's read so that it's so clever. Uh, it's just everything about it. Uh, and I think it's very programmer oriented. I think because we're just talking about like dev cycles and like all that bullshit. I, I went mean, for a startup for a little while. Um, I, I think uh, I wasn't a very good programmer when I did, and so I learned a lot, and I'm really grateful for that. But, like, overall, it was, like, I would I, would, I just want to be a freelancer forever, really. Like, that's I, ne- I never really want to. It's a tough gig, though, man. It is a tough gig, and I'm poor all the time because of it. But, like, uh, I think I think it's, I don't know. I just, the startup culture is not my thing um, at all. And I think was, that's also why game jams are, like, just objectively better than uh hackathons, hackathons. yeah 
Yeah, because it's not you don't have to have the pressure of making money with it. Yeah. Like Oh, the worst is when they're <laughs> sponsored too. Yeah. And it's like, oh, GE's here and they want you to make a medical app for X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? Like I just I thought the whole point, because, you know, coming from game jams, like, I've never done, like, a hackathon. But, right. like, coming from game jams, like, I thought this was about me right. and what I wanted to make. Yeah, I thought this was going to be, like, a fun, creative weekend, but it's just, right. like... Just another job. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I should say I don't want to be a freelancer forever. I'm more interested in, like, um, like Mobilex. They're, like, they're like a project team for hire. That's yeah. what they call themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're, like, a freelance shop, right? And you hire them out if you need a website or Android app or yeah. iOS app or whatever built. Um and I think that's more the company I'd like to work for because you don't have this like, you know, they, they treat you like a normal person. Um, and there's not this grueling like, oh, we have to we have to get it to market, like kind of pressure over your head all the time. Well, there's also but then then there's client pressure because I've worked for yeah. client service software developers. And then it's just like, why aren't you done? Why aren't you done? Client needed it yesterday. It was like, blah, 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 blah. That's true. That's, it, well, but I mean, it depends on the on, thing, though, like. And it also depends on like who your who your account managers are and who who's running the business. Yeah, I guess just like in, in in there's there's so much pressure to not fail at a startup that like, um, like it really sucks when you just want to go home and like get dinner and like hang with your girlfriend or whatever, but your CTO is like gonna be there till like two a.m. and it's <laughs> like all right, you gotta keep work. All right, well I'll see you later. You know, don't asshole. Yeah, don't be you know, don't be gone too long type of thing. And it's just like this the horrible pressure. To always be building the app and to always be making it better instead of just having like nine to five. I really think you shouldn't work more than six hours a day on anything. Yeah. Well, it's also like when you're working for a startup, it's like working for a small business where like there's the illusion of it being like, we're all in this together. But like, no, you're just working for some dude. Yeah. It's like, no, I I need a job. Right. And like that comes first. And if I get a better job, then. Well, like, yeah. Unless you're giving me equity or something. Yeah. Like small business owners aren't going to be like, Oh, here's 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 your share of the business this week. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, here's your crappy paycheck. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I've I, always wanted. I live down the street from you instead of living like, yeah, across the country. But it's the same kind of job. Mm-hmm. And then, uh-huh. uh huh. My third talk. <laughs> <laughs> What was that? That was great games made in 72 hours or less. Uh, so you just did all the Game Jam talks? Yeah. That's pretty dope. There were a couple other Game Jam talks too, I think. Well, you are like, I mean, you run a collective. Like, yeah. You got the cred. Makes sense. Got that indie cred for the MAGFest. Got cred for days. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you this. I might as well ask you this now. Uh, do you still want to go to the thing in Raleigh? I don't think I can. You don't think you can? Yeah, I'm so broke. <laughs> okay. What thing in Raleigh? Uh, playthrough. Oh, they hit me up. <laughs> a playthrough hit yeah, you they up? they emailed me. They were like, do you want a booth? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, that'll be $250, please. Never mind. That's pretty good. It's pretty good, but they, they're they only going to have like 2,000 people go. Right. And I just showed the game at a 25,000 yeah. person festival for free. Right. And got to go see like dank music and stuff. Well, well, <laughs> free doing that, quote unquote free. Well, I mean, not that I think they're offering me a bad deal, but just like, it's, I'm not loaded right now, and that's like I just I'm like I'll play test it up, right? Like mm-hmm. I just I just went and play tested Silent Earth a ton, um, so I, like I don't think I don't think it was <coughs> like a good like press opportunity, right? 
it would just be a good playtesting opportunity. So I'd rather like opt out. But I mean, 250 bucks for like a 10 by 10 doesn't have power. You have to pay extra for power to it. Really? Yeah. Oh. Better load up those car batteries. And tell me that. Yeah. To pay extra for power. Um, and one other thing that you have to pay extra for. But the Wi-Fi internet. is free, which oh. is like the opposite of MagFest. Like, That's weird. You, yeah. Mag, <laughs> at MIVS, you had to like beg and plead yeah, and like, go in front of a jury to get Wi-Fi. Like, <laughs> No, really. They were like, tell us why your game needs it in the thing. Right, and you had, yeah, like, right. yeah. you had to like provide a very good case for your game. You can use the internet. And you check Facebook. Well, I think like the whole the whole like swamping of indie games by like people that just have money to throw around also just makes like all these events really. Like, I mean, even if you're paying like two or three hundred bucks for a booth, like it's pretty nice because like if you want a booth at PAX, like even in an indie section, it's like five grand. Yeah, and it's just like. Wait, what? Who's who has this money? Like, like I get that. Like, yeah, who do you think we are? Right. Like, yeah. I guess Vlambeer has that kind of dough to throw around, but like, they're not the only ones there. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you could put the Vlambeer booth next to the Sony booth, and it would feel normal. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Like, they're big time. Of course, they have the money for that. Right. That, that um, super giant games booth wasn't even a booth. It was like an enclosed box. Right. That had a line wrapped around it. And I was super, it was super ominous looking. I was really turned off by it. I'm like, ah, I'm going to play board games. No, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, uh, I don't, like, that's the thing I really liked about MIVs was that they are super about, um, very grassroots, uh, you know, low end indie games, mm-hmm. like what yeah. we are making, which is like, it's really cool. It's really cool that they're trying to support that. And I think um like I think that those are the most interesting indie games. Like you know when when people when people are talking about when most people are talking about indie games they're talking about like Owlboy or something right. or like Inside. And those are indie games but those are like Triple I. Triple I. Right. Yeah, Triple I, Double A, whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. um but always the most interesting games have been like for me have been like Beglitched, right? Mhm. Or like uh or like like Undertale was like super low end indie and then was just like fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, like Gunpoint was. If, did you ever play Gunpoint? Uh, I have really it, good. but I'm familiar. Papers, with it. please. There's another one that's like super. Those are also super low end, and those are always the most interesting, like most compelling ones in my in my opinion. The Gunpoint dev was a press guy, right? Didn't he work at like Gamespot or somewhere? I believe so. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Now he's working on his like space sim. The game is really well written, so that might be part of it too. Oh yeah. Yep. It's got really good dialogue. He has like a game maker tutorial up somewhere for his new game. That's really funny just to see him explaining mm-hmm. game, ma- game makers, programming language and stuff. Yeah, wasn't wasn't Paper Please Lucas Pope's first game? I don't, I don't know, know if it was his first, first game. game. His first like commercial one, I mean, like yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just there's an example though, you know, right? Like, um, really small games that like sort of diamonds in the rough that got found. No, you're right, and I and I and I like that feeling of Mivs too. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious uh, to check out uh, playthrough. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, playthrough we'll will be good. Um, what are the tickets for attending? Do you know how much they cost? I have no idea. So I might just go. You know, like it's it's at Raleigh, which is not far. Yeah, it's only two hour um, drive. Well, will if you can't swing it, I mean, 
you're you're still welcome to to come if you want. Okay. We have a free pass or. Because the guy's like, however many passes you need, is how many I'm gonna give you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's crazy for for the booth. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize it was like that. I thought you just got a limited amount. That's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I feel like so. When. I also pitched a panel with you involved in it, so that's also a reason why. Did it get accepted? Why I was just talking to him, he's like, "You have any ideas for panels?" I was like, "Why well, have this one?" And then I have this other one. Will and I could just talking about RVA game jams, how cool it is. Yeah. Talking about dev collectives. Hmm. But, but don't feel pressure if you can't go. Yeah, maybe I'll swing by. Huh? <laughs> but yeah, like, do you, do you have a hotel figured out? Yeah, I already have it. Cool. We're staying at like a yeah, res- should, residence yeah. in like ten minutes away. I might, I might see you down there. Okay. Um, you guys should check out. I volunteered there two years, and it's really cool. East, uh, East Coast Game Conference, ECGC. Yeah. That that has really blown up. Um, and that's also in Raleigh, isn't it? Yeah, man. the The keynote, the yeah, it's it's in Raleigh. It's in the convention center. Um, the keynote uh, of the year I went was, oh uh, man, I can't remember his name. He was the the um, lead, uh, uh, like the director of the Mass Effect games, like two and three. I just can't remember his name. I couldn't tell you. Um, but he was really cool, and basically it was like. That keynote like convinced me that I was gonna do video games. That's cool. <laughs> so he talked about his like sort of coming of age through video games story. It was pretty neat. Yeah, I, I had a classmate that went there um, when I was in still an undergrad, and she said it was really cool. So I want to check it out. And you can also there's indie space there. Yeah, I think it might be the same price for it's, the for the booth. Yeah, well, ECGC has been running for several years now and has like a big attendance, but it's very much like. It's very commercial centric, mm-hmm. uh, commercial and like commercial, and like developer centric. I think play like playthrough is a little more like fan centric, right? Yeah. Um, ECGC is definitely like a like a, a trade conference, like a know? PAX versus a GDC. Yeah, yeah. It's not is it's not GDC level, but right, it's like but, you know they do they, they do like technical talks and stuff. Mm, that'd be cool. Yeah. And I'm probably gonna go to Pixel Fest. Yeah, I'm definitely doing that. Oh, totally. I'm trying to see if I can commute it. I want to stay. In I the told place. you, man. If you want to stay with me at my parents' place, you're more oh than right, yeah, to, we totally talked about that. We're yeah. on the beach. We should do that. Yeah, um, it's only half an hour drive because I get to demo my game for free, basically. Oh really? I I think well, it's like the fifty dollar application. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but like I I don't think they're doing any sort of booth charges or anything like that. Oh, so the fifty dollars is for applying to get in. The fifty dollars yes. is just straight. You pay fifty dollars and you're in your insured uh, no space. fifty dollar application, but like. We demoed last year. I demoed last year. They know, like, I, I'm good friends with Henry and um, Jeremy. Jeremy, yeah, geez, uh, and uh, yeah, they're they're great guys and they really like Silent Earth, so I, I think they'd be happy to have have me back. Probably you as well. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, I was talking all to the him. all the RVA Game Gems people. So funny story about Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, I actually interviewed when I was in eighth grade about game development <laughs> for my career skills class in middle school. Really? Yeah, I like went to his his house or apartment in Norfolk. And we were just talking about game, and I, you know, had nothing. Uh, That's uh, super cool, man. Yeah, I like, I like knew nothing, and I just had all these generic questions I was asking. Wow. But like most of the time, like I, I spent was just him showing, like, yeah, this is a game I'm working on. It's like, you know, I slapped this together using like he had like some kind of Geometry Wars looking game, like asteroids looking game. Uh-huh. Um, and he was like telling me how he just made all the sound effects doing like, yeah, and this one I just went. And then, like, modulated the sound. And this one is just this crashing sound is just me rustling my keys. There's a lot of cool stuff like that. That's sweet. So, like, kind of keyed me into his, like, oh, you can kind of just, you know, 
yeah how experimental game design can be him and henry both are just like really nice like down-to-earth guys i like him pixel fest is free to attend right yes but you have to get a ticket like you have to get on there ticket master whatever and physically hit the button right i wonder why that is might be something to do with the library i'm pretty sure like the right i'm pretty sure the city of norfolk like pays for it like i don't i mean i don't know how they're they're paying for it no they're paying for it emotionally (laughs) what paying for the 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 library Using the library for the space, yeah, for the space. I have no idea. Out. Yeah, I can tell you. Well, I think some of the events you have to pay for. I but think I know like that the they, Smash tournament got a lot of donations and stuff. Oh yeah, it's like pretty cool. Yeah. Their sponsor list was pretty big from what I saw on their website. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of stuff. It's funny, burgeoning Hampton Roads game stuff. Yeah, well, I think so. Like when we started RV game jams, like the big thing was just like we're just gonna provide a place for people to do stuff like that's all we have to do is mm-hmm. like provide a place for this to happen right and like i think that's true for a lot of things if you build it they will come yeah <clears throat> because like i mean like magfest it's it's free to show your game and then you get a lot of cool like small time indies that like don't have an opportunity to even like have the twitter followers to get their game in front of you digitally, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think Great. that's really cool. So then, uh, so like, Dino Blasters can get greenlit over the course of MAGFest. And yeah. That, and that's really cool. Yeah. That was really awesome. That dude's cool. I, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. I have his card. Yeah, I, I was talking to him uh, on email because after the last podcast, yeah, he like, I reached out. Too. He's a good guy. Um, he, have you seen his portfolio website? Uh, I haven't seen his portfolio website. The card he sent me is like him with Obama. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so he has a page on his portfolio website and the and the entire description, like the title of the page is called with Obama and the entire description just says Obama's photographer puts all of the pictures for, uh, for free to use, like public access on Flickr. And he also, when you now in like modern Flickr, when you upload a photo, it, it assigns the exposure settings. Oh, yeah, so yeah. he said, if one wanted to, one could do some stuff with this. And it's just a bunch of pictures of him photoshopped with Obama, but because he's adjusted the photo, uh, exposure settings on the picture of himself, they look like really convincing. Yeah, it just looks like he's in the picture with him. So there's like one. <laughs> there's one where, there's one where Obama's like looking down. And he's just holding up his hand to him. Like, yeah, he's like, don't <laughs> talk to me. But there's one where it's like Obama sitting in the Oval Office and. <laughs> And the developers on the other side of the desk just like slams his hand on the table, is like yelling at Obama. <laughs> There's one of him like holding a Christmas present and like really excited to open it, and the rest of the Obama family is just circled around him. <laughs> Damn, I think he's gonna come to an RVA game jam at some point. I sort of I was sort of talking to him. He's like, I had no idea that they were in Richmond. It's like, yeah, we have a pretty good group now, so you should definitely come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he seems he seems definitely into it. He's from DC. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like no no brainer, like really easy for him to come down. So speaking of game jams, Global Game Jam Ooh. was last weekend. Oh yeah. Yep. With the theme of waves. Waves. Um It was really interesting to see everyone else everyone's like interpretation of that theme. Yeah. Like also the year previous where it was ritual, like but I feel like ritual was like much more open ended. Whereas waves is like, really? We, I feel like I we got the a, opposite. To be honest, really? Yeah, because waves you could have like a, like a that could just be waves can be so many different things. It just means something that repeats and has a duration. 
That's all it means. I mean, I'm so saying like, so like you could have like mecha- like waves in your game mechanics. It could be like physical waves, you right? Know, like radio waves, like anything. I mean, the 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 theme itself is not inherently more constrained. But I'm saying the number of ideas presented, and I didn't stay the entire uh, oh, uh, oh, showcase, right, right, right. but yeah. like. I see what you mean. Like, you know, my game was about bl- flying as a bat and you had like uh supersonic waves or like audio waves that like lit the lit the room. And then I saw someone else on Tumblr <laughs> had the exact same idea and it was like executed a little differently. But it was like you get that every game jam where it's like, Hey, that's my idea. Right. <laughs> but uh it was interesting. Right. You wanna talk about your game, Sam? Sure, yeah. Um I decided to lead a team of newbies, um, or like some of the, not not like newbies necessarily entire like never done a game jam before. There were a few like that, but less experienced. In my team. Less experienced. Um, definitely not people who like do game development like eight hours a day like I do. Um, you know, pe- like definitely people who are like trying to get more into it, trying to get more into RVA game jams, like try out the group that sort of thing. Um, so I I wanted to give that a shot and like sort of get some people into it. Uh, and our game was meant to be sort of a a strategy game um, where you're you're you have a base with a bunch of rooms that are all in a random configuration, and the rooms eventually get hit with these like solar waves, right? They're like like uh, solar flare type things, mm-hmm. and the solar flare kills everyone that's in the room. So your goal is to get everyone from the room that they start in to the safe room, um, and the rooms at any given time can have a solar flare happen to them. Um, the way you get them between the rooms is that there are these doors and the doors all connect to a different room. And it's not like the room to the left goes to the room on the right, like to the door between them. It can go to any other room. Right. right? So you're so, kind of experimenting. Yeah. So you're mentally developing this like flow map in your head, right. For like how you get everyone to the safe room. Um, and that obviously gets more hectic with more rooms that are added over time. Uh, so multiple like solar flares. We, we I was going to put in teleporters that like will take you to any room and stuff like that to short, sort of shake it up. But um, I didn't, I'd never been on a project where like I was not only the programmer, the sole programmer, but oh. also like, like I was the funnel, right? Like you're the, you're the bottleneck. Right. No one, no one else was like assembling the game in unity. Right. Like I, there was one other person on the team that knew what's uh, version control was. So, so did you have to like teach them get or right, so like, like they, well, no, I didn't even teach them get. I was just like, just put it in Dropbox and I'll put it in the game. Not thinking okay. it would be that hard. Um, Long story short, it ended up being a lot of work, right? Because, yeah. like, like first off, I, I decided, dumbly, that I was going to, like, write a pathfinding algorithm to do this. Hey, join the club! Because I wanted, because I wanted, uh, I wanted the, us to, like, basically, so, like, all the rooms are just, like, a text file, right? Mm-hmm. Of, like, right. white space and ones, and a one is, like, non-walkable, and white space is walkable. Um, like, Legend of Zelda maps or something. Yeah. Um, and so, and so... I was like, I can't use the Unity pathfinding because, like, it has to like bake the nav mesh or whatever, and it's super clunky and like way over the top for what I need. Is there built-in pathfinding Unity? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, totally. Oh. You have to show me that. I didn't know that. It's it's definitely more for like pathfinding for like first-person shooter characters, right. right? Like when you have like really complex like objects. This is just like Fire Emblem, right? Yes. Like really simple. Um, so like. So, but I decided to write that, um, and then didn't realize that like the way we were making it work was that everybody could move. It wasn't turn-based; like everything was happening all in real time. So basically, what it ended up being was like the Fire Emblem pathfinding, except you move all your units at once, 
And so there's like all these like annoying edge cases where like what if the start and end point for two units is like on the same on the same block or how do you like, handle collision? Like what if they're both going around a corner and the corner's the end point for both units and all this like all this like weird stuff. So I ended up just like spending probably over half the jam just like <laughs> solving edge Debugging. cases yeah yeah and the and well i mean and it wasn't it wasn't hard um so much as it was just like a lot of code right um overall it was easily 1500 1600 lines of code just for a game jam which is way too much so i'm writing all this code and then i have to like assemble all of that with their art assets which are like getting a unity and then it's like the wrong size and so we have to like like <laughs> they have to remake it and then we have to like put it back in and um and you weren't using like any animator controllers or anything right it was just static yeah, just I was just moving everything around in code, um, right? So there's also like all the animation code on top of that, uh, and all the code to draw everything because I was using Vectrosity to draw the uh, the maps, mm -hmm. and I just just bit off way more than I can choose. So long story short, we didn't finish the game, um, and uh, uh, it, which was kind of a bummer. It did look really pretty. Um, it looked great. I, I really liked the look of it. Yeah, it was it it got this uh, this girl Brianna, I think was her name. Yeah. Um, she came up with this like pretty cool sort of like pulp sci-fi look, which was pretty dope. Um, I had like a, uh, uh, shit. What's that, what's that game called? Oh, the comedy game. That's like, oh shit. Oh shit. The comedy game. That's like a first person <laughs> puzzle. Fuck. It's right there. Like, I can see the font. <laughs> oh, Headlander? No, it's uh. Oh, you said first person. Yeah, it's so. first person. It's like a spy thriller. Is like the theming of it. Oh man, I know what you're talking you know, about. What's it called? No, it's I, like I, two I, nouns. Flappy Bird. If I knew, I would tell you. I promise. Yeah, that's it. It's Flappy Bird. It was Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird. It's Flappy Bird. Yeah. No, but we were we were super inspired by like Headlander. Was we really wanted to like sort of riff on their, on their style a lot. Um, it kind of reminded me of um those like illustrations people were making like. 10 years ago where it was just like what if pac-man was all these astronaut ghosts oh yeah remind me of those yeah sort of like very it looks like it it looks like it was made in illustrator yeah you know yeah definitely um i feel like that um jazz punk oh jazz punk. jazz punk is what it reminded me of very nice yeah <laughs> the uh i didn't find it i just like kept running through all the nouns in my head the the pathfinding, I feel like, was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I could. I know that like front to back now. Like, like when so like I don't know. When I think of pathfinding, I just think of like clunky, dumb stuff. And like when I first saw when you're when you were like, yeah, I pretty much have the pathfinding down, and you showed it to me, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is so beautiful. Because mm -hmm. like I've been working on pathfinding for this like dumb game I'm making, and it's just like. I just feel stupid all day about it. I saw yours and I was just like, oh my God, look algorithms, at it. Algorithms are hard, man. Especially pathfinding algorithms, but like, I'm not great at algorithms. Like I failed, like when I was in school, like my algorithms course, I failed my Dijkstra uh, assignment. It really? Didn't work right. Yeah. And like, that was like my one shot to figure out Dijkstra and I didn't. And I was like, all right, well, guess this is going to forever Moving be on. a mystery. <laughs> um. It, yeah, the so like if you go to Wikipedia and look up Dijkstra, this is gonna be kind of technical. So mm -hmm. no, no, sorry, I love it. Sorry no, to all the listeners. No, no, no. Um, I want more technical stuff on this podcast. So. Yeah. Okay. So so Let's break it down. But what people don't realize is that um, you 
after you after you like finish checking the 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 lowest distance thing that you haven't checked yet, like the lowest distance node, you have to loop through everything. Yeah, you have to go up the tree. The, the lowest one is, but then once you find the destination, you just have to like Reverse. count backwards, uh, the lowest score backwards to the to the uh, the beginning. And after you understand that part, like if you go to the Wikipedia and like how does Dijkstra work, then it doesn't make any sense. But if you if you like understand that last step, mm-hmm. then the whole algorithm is like really yeah. easy. Like on paper, um, you can make sense of it, but like especially in like a classical computer science class, like you're learning that at the same time you're learning like linked lists and doubly linked lists. Yeah. And it's just a clusterfuck. Cause it's like people are half understanding linked lists. Yeah. And then you're throwing an algorithm on them. That's like super dependent upon that. Like, like, yeah, I think, I think it would be easier if you learned it not on a 2d grid. Cause that it's sort of unintuitive to do it on a 2d grid. It's definitely for like node, node right. trees, right? Like yeah. node traversal type shit. And that that makes a lot more sense intuitively because each each node has like a distance length and you count that as the score as opposed to like because that's like what it's meant for except right? for one one it's, one one right, one because like any the any the distance to any node from any other adjacent node on a two D array is, is one. one right yeah. so so that's the unintuitive yeah. part right um, but, but I did I did master my binary heap traversal in that class just saying just saying but that's way nice. easier well I mean. Anyways, so but, so yeah, we, we didn't finish the game, which sucked. Um, and I felt bad because uh, one of the people we had was from, I'm, I'm going to mess it up. It was Lynchburg or Lexington. Either way, like two hours away, right? Like really far. Um, and she stayed up outrageously late one night and just worked on all of these songs for the game, which were all really good uh, and just like really well produced. And it was like, how do you not have a job doing like... What's You're her, not professional. What's her handle? Is it DJ Sonic Buster? Sonic Buster, yeah. 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 With a K, right? Yeah, shout out to I love DJ it. Sonic Buster because she killed it. I love that. Global Game Jam yeah. 2017. So anyways, um, she yeah, she did a really good job. And I felt awful because, you know, she she stayed up really late, later than I... I mean, like, I like Game Jam, so I don't care about them that much. I yeah. stay up till yeah. 8 in the morning. Oh, yeah. Um, I like a, a full night's sleep. Right. Uh, and and she stayed up really late, and she worked her ass off and really hustled, and then and then drove two and a half hours or whatever to come to the jam and she gets there and i'm like oh it's not playable (laughs) you know and and so you know i think she was a little bummed out but we definitely gave her like a really big you know round of applause when we all heard her music and thought it was great so yeah i think she was happy she can like put it on soundcloud or something right and you can still work i mean if you want to you can still work on the game yeah i do want to work on the game um but you have a bunch of other games to work on here's what you do sam you make a uh Advance Wars like RTS with that pathfinding algorithm, uh-huh. and then all the money is yours. Like everybody's making Advance yeah, Wars. Yeah, making. Put that RTS thing right on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could. No. It's- okay. Look. <clears throat> Will's working on a turn-based grid-based game. Only I'm working on one. No one else in this collective yeah. is making one. All right. Like, come on. Like, we're gonna poison the well here. <laughs> yeah. All right, Will. If you do the pixel art, I will do. God, God damn it. You know, you know, it's like way too tempting for any pixel artist to be like, "I'm making an Advance Wars like game. Would you like to do the pixel art?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, I know. I've seen. Well, I mean, I've seen your pixel art in particular, and it's like cute, but also kind of like dark and funky sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. like that would be just so dope. It's got like an an OG Metal Gear vibe to it. Yeah, it's like like it's really cute stuff, but there's always like like a slight sinister vibe (laughs) because like. 
Will was like showing it to me. He's like, all right, I'm going to move the grid. I was like, oh, it's like a cute little flood fill. Like the grid look, looks really nice. Then we're going to load the shotgun into him. The right. I was like, oh, God. Right. And now he's dead. There's always something a little hardcore about it, right? It's yeah. Like, it's like pretty cool. I think if you, that's like Advanced Wars to the max. Like that's yeah. such a good vibe for it. So sad that Intelligent Systems has basically been the the Fire Emblem production house now. I like I like Fire Emblem, but I like Advanced Wars more. I think I mean Fire Emblem is like Smash Brothers status. Like like you're not you're just gonna make more of them with like more story and stuff. Like you can't really um you can't really mess up the formula mm-hmm. of Fire Emblem uh, anymore. And game stories can't get worse. <laughs> Can they? <laughs> I, this it's just Marth like shitting into a bucket. <laughs> right. I I remember like when what's his is it Mar or Mal or the Fire Emblem character? Yeah, it's Marth, Marth, Roy. There's like a bunch. But I remember of them. when Marth was in Smash Bros. Melee. Yeah, and I was like. What the heck is this? It's because he's everyone in Japan knew who he was. Yeah, right. That, he's a but then, like, character. I well, never really, I never understood when exactly Fire Emblem got big here. It was then. Like, that was the start. Like, that's when, like, well, the, that's not when they got big, but that's when they got recognized. Right. And then they re-released the original Fire Emblem for, like, Famicom as a GameCube game. It was, like, uh. Dawn of Radiance or something, yeah. Sword of Radiance. But it was, like, but they were dumb about it because it was, like, a super limited release and nobody had it. Yeah. Um, and then they switched to mobile or the, to the handhelds for it. So I think the first was a GBA cart or they wait till DS. For yeah. The first. the first Fire Emblem I ever played was uh, Fire Emblem on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. That was my first one. So I think it was a slow trickle of like constantly pushing them and smash because Marth like a lot of high level players play Marth if they're playing melee. Yeah. A lot of them do. Because he has that stu- fucking sword attack yeah. that like pushes him forward. So even if you're like off the screen, you can just keep hammering that, and he'll just slowly move back into the screen. Uh, and so I think like they kept pushing it on that, and like Intelligent Systems ain't making a lot of games. I mean, they basically have have Fire Emblem, uh, Advance Wars, and then there was that codenamed Steam game that they made that was like a third person over the shoulder turn based game that didn't do well. For 3ds, and it's I think it just kind of hit this critical mass at some point. Or it's like, all right, here's five Fire Emblem games and eight thousand Fire Emblem characters in Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, that's kind of that's that's kind of strange. I was well, the only reason I found I hadn't fired in Fire Emblem through Smash. The first time I found Fire Emblem was because I was really into Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, that was like what I was into, and I was like 14, 13 mm-hmm. was like was like the tactics games, right? And so, um. And so after I played that, I was just like, "Ask the GameStop dude, like, any more games like this? Other games like this? Just like, you should play this, kid." And so that's how that's how I got Fire Emblem. Then after Fire Emblem, I got Advance Wars, and you know, yeah, I was I was Advance Wars first. So I really like tactics games. I'm that. Yeah, there's something there's something about that specific type of tactics games. Like I don't like XCOM. Yeah. Um, I like I like Civ, but I mean Civ's not Civ's kind of different. I think Advance Wars has that right amount of like just bite size, yeahness to it. Well, I mean, I don't get a lot of tactical games just because it seems like it represents like a huge commitment and like I'm gonna have to learn how all these systems work. Yeah, but like Advance Wars is like move your tank. It's like it's like sitting on the floor as a kid with like toy tanks. Yeah, exact. Damn, that's like a really good way to put it. That's exactly what it feels like. It's like you're just and you know that like like the one basic rule that you have to remember in Fire Emblem is like. 
Uh, see if I can remember it. Axes beat swords. Swords beat lances. Lances beat axes. That might be Something right. Like that. I don't remember. <laughs> I've I've only played honestly like two hours of a Fire Emblem game. Right, but like, but that's like the one, like the whole game is sort of it's just, just, it's just that, rock that paper scissors triad, yeah. right? Um, and it, yeah, like that rock paper scissors type thing, and it feels great, and it's like enough depth. Yeah, and Advance Wars kind of has that, but it's more intuitive because like if I have a tank and I roll a tank out on a bunch of infantry men, like obviously like it's going to have superiority. Because I think it has more of that, like, you know, a lot of kids like army stuff. They like military, like, they like World War II and things like that. Yeah. So, like, there's this, like, you understand an AA gun is going to take out a bunch of uh, bomber jets or, like, a submarine is going to take out a battleship because a battleship doesn't know how to take. So it still has that rock beats scissors beats paper yeah, thing totally. to it. Yeah, Advanced Wars does that too. But it's yeah. it's much more, like subtle about it i think yeah it's not explicit and so it, it allows for that experimentation they present it to you as if it's like some like really great strategy thing but really it's just like really simple and easy to digest and all the characters and but that makes you feel good. real good yeah for using it because you're, like, you're like i'm you know, a military you know? like yeah. i'm gonna go i'm gonna call up the pentagon like i'm just gonna let them know what i'm <laughs> Look, up guys, to this is what you like, should do you just need like eight tanks, <laughs> yeah. but they gotta be the big tanks. Yeah, they gotta be the big tanks. What you gotta do is just put the big tank on a bridge, put another big tank behind it. So I mean, you're just killing them. Yeah. And then when they blow up the first big tank, you just roll the second one right up. And then behind that artillery, yeah, <laughs> and you just fire up the artillery. You're good. Don't play yellow. <laughs> <laughs> the CO powers suck. <laughs> But yeah, like I, I, I haven't played a Fire Emblem game because it seems like I'm gonna have to. It's like committing to an anime or something. Like it looks like an anime, so I'm like scared. But now you just ruined like, it for it's me. It's not like Final Fantasy Tactics bad, where there's right. just like, hey, can I play the game, please? It's been an hour, you know. Like, <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's it's not that bad. It's like it, they definitely are. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's a Nintendo property, so like it's got that Nintendo vibe where it's like gameplay forward, right? Right. And they they definitely have like story parts where you got to pay attention, but it's not. At least the ones I played, I've only played the two GBA ones, but it's not you know so insane. That said, I've put like 140 hours into FF Tactics A2 for the DS. The game is dope, and I'm like, good <laughs> god, the job system just keeps going. You just keep <laughs> learning new abilities. I think you can hybridize the abilities, and you're like, oh no. Yeah, see, I like that game because it's like, uh, it, it's it's not like the toys on the floor kind of vibe. It's like each one, like you, it's it's like XCOM where like each character like really matters, right? Mm-hmm. And you like super get like emotionally invested in like, you know, Lupo or whatever his name. Yeah, is. <laughs> they're stupid outfits. <laughs> There's a really good. No, he's a captain. You know, like... <laughs> Great. There's a lot of there's a good breakdown for one of the Final Fantasy Tactics games of like the guy's outfit because he has like this like inflated beret on his head that looks like a pin cushion and then he has like four sashes with like <laughs> eight satchels on each one and then like 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 parachute pants nice. and like boots with bells on them that like curl at the toes. Yeah. It's like who designed this? Yeah. When you turn your black mage into red mage and it's like, oh that's what he looks like. <laughs> yeah Final Fantasy game I could never get into though was Crystal Chronicles I remember when people freaked out about Crystal Chronicles 
I played it. Only ever played the only Final Fantasy game I played to any like reasonable level is Tactics. I played Tactics and I've played one. I played four and twelve. I played four because it was like to me it felt like I was a little kid playing with knights on the floor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then like five or six, I guess. Arkham Asylum's like me playing with (laughs) Batman on the floor. I mean, Arkham Asylum arguably feels like playing with Batman action figures. Arkham Asylum is like playing with Batman action figures, but you're like a rich kid with like the playset. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, so like four felt like, you know, like, oh, my dude's a cool knight. And then this dude's a lancer. So he jumps way up in the air and smashes down. And then like six, I think is like probably the better game. But like the systems in it were just like one step more complicated. And I was like, mm, I'm happy with just smashing them together uh and then 12 i wanted to play because i was i knew i didn't probably have the patience to play final fantasy tactics and 12's art style looked like tactics and i was really in love with the art style and tactics so Mm, yeah what system was 12 ps2 okay because and then it was like 13 and then 13 like three iterations of 13 okay (laughs) i bought 14 i let mason borrow it and i played like a little bit of 14 Man, that game's super Japanese. <laughs> I got 10 when I was like, geez, how old was I? Pretty young. But I was old enough to think Yuna was hot. And so, <laughs> and so I got 10 and was like, and then I was like, oh, sweet, I'm going to play this. It looks really good. And then they got to like the, I don't know, like the the ball game. What's it called? Oh. Sin. Oh no! It's uh oh oh no something ball blast blitz ball blitz ball they got we got the was blitz ball part and I was like this is dumb yeah <laughs> and I turned it off my friend Fear was grid. really into ten and I watched a lot of it and I was just like how do you play this uh. is that the one with the s- sphere grid in it is that what blitz I don't know they're ball? all like submerged but can breathe still or something and like they just like have I don't I don't remember I'm trying to remember I can only have like I only have like three seconds of the cutscene in my head <laughs> but they're just like in this big sphere of water and they just like throw this ball around. like a super mario galaxy level. i really didn't like that the aesthetic of that one like full stop yeah <laughs> period done like that's like kingdom hearts the same way i'm just like Ugh. all right we get it he's a teen with a zipper i hate i hate kingdom hearts i don't hate it i just i don't like disney stuff that much really I feel like that's I feel the like... part you don't like is that like, is that the super square like Japanese influence? It's also that. It's also that. But then it's just like I don't like. No. It, okay. So what it is is I don't like Kingdom Hearts fans. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I don't like Kingdom Hearts fans. It's, like, it's uh, there's there's just like like there's so many things that you can also infer when someone says they really like Kingdom Hearts. It's like you probably also listen to Porter Robinson. So. <laughs> <laughs> you also really like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, don't you? Yeah, that's true. You have a Jack Skellington yeah. hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. No, I'm being I'm being way too harsh. I don't mean like that. Um, there's um I just yeah. I do remember silly. when whatever E three it was when they announced Kingdom Hearts three, Jeff Gershman from Giant Bomb was like he was sitting in the in the stadium or not the stadium, but he was in the he was in the theater when they announced it in the Sony theater during the press conference. And like there were just a bunch of Kingdom Hearts fans surrounding him. It was like cause that's when they started letting like actual fans, like right. non press people into the show. And they just went <gasps> He's like, what the fuck is going on? Jesus. I think for me, so for me, it was, it's like, 
Kingdom Hearts is a fan game or something. Like yeah, totally. it's a it's a ga- it's fan service. Like I've never played them. And yeah, I always... and, it, and like the the fan reaction to it is like warranted because that's right. what it is. You know, like it's but like, like there's no reason for these like franchises or whatever to merge aside from hey we can make a lot getting of money. your money. Yeah, is it that I thought it was? I thought it was just someone like at Square Enix being like hey, that'd be funny, and then they called someone they knew at Disney. They're like, yeah, Maybe I mean, it started as somebody being like, that would be stupid. <laughs> and then like somebody else being like, but the money. <laughs> yeah. We could sell this no, to I mean, stupid people. Well, I feel like that was probably Disney being like, man, we we sure do suck at making video games now. Like, just But we need video game now. money. Right, yeah. Now that they're doing that now, did you see that Avengers announcement? No. Nah. They're licensing Avengers to Square and Crystal Dynamics. Dude, I uh, uh, squ- uh, Avengers... Um, Final Fantasy mashup thing like like Kingdom Hearts is to Disney. I would just like I would probably play that. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll <laughs> crazy. I hope it's more Crystal Dynamics. What Tony Stark would look like. <laughs> just like just, his goatee is just ridiculous. It's like his four feet has long, four zippers on it. It's the goofiest, most like outlandish thing. I would I would play the shit out of that game. Well, that like would be so funny. But do you guys like Super Mario RPG? Like, do you like when Square Square did Mario? Well, I feel like that was, like... I forgot that was Square. That wasn't Square being, like, it's Mario, but we're also going to make it half Final Fantasy. Right. But also Sephiroth. Right. Like, that would have made no sense. But Square just, like, Nintendo being like, hey, y'all make good RPGs. Here you go. (laughs) I'm Bill Disney. Like, I love that. You totally know Nintendo was, like, breathing down their neck the whole time, like, it better adhere. Hey, fuckers. The Nintendo brand, perfectly. Right? Like, there's... um, that I don't think there was a whole lot of square flavor right. in the game, you know? Like, it felt like a Nintendo game. Well, I think what attracts me to both of those games is because, you know, there's not a lot of story in Mario games, and there's not a lot of story in Disney properties, period. Like, like I don't know. Like, what? Which? Like what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about, I don't know, the idea Well, of, there's, like, big Disney movies that have stories, but, like, Mar- like, Mickey Mouse is just like Mickey Mouse is just a like cartoon head. to plop down in any situation to be like right okay yeah 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 oh hi guys because there are like Disney animated movies that are like no know, yeah no like dope stories yeah like stuff, I love but. I love Pixar but I think I think it was that mixed with like the cross media like I can be in Agrabah and then I can be in Atlantis and then I can be like uh fucking on Pirates of the Caribbean like I like the idea that the the, the that's kind of what Disney Infinity sold on too but i like the 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 franchise hopping oh yeah which i thought was cool Um, it's also very nintendo yes right um i don't know something always that that appealed to me a lot but i've never played kingdom hearts kingdom hearts eight and a half by (laughs) eleven nights over dreams jesus (laughs) uh well then I'll, i'll talk about my Global game. <laughs> <laughs> Epic tangent. Uh, so for us, I worked with. So it was me, um, this guy Stephen, who uh, he's a programmer. He works out of Newport News, so he drove not quite as far as your musician did, but he drove about like an hour each time. And I was yeah. like, dude, each day. Well, it was hour one way, so it was two hours total. Wait, so but he came. Yeah, he came, went each back. Day? Damn, dude, that's mm-hmm. pretty. That's pretty intense. And he, um, so he was my other programmer, and then we had two artists, uh, Emily and, and Uri, 
and Uri was com arts. She was on the scientific track, which I didn't know till the wow. last day. She's like, yeah, I'm taking anatomy last or next semester. I was like, Godspeed. Are you familiar with the, the, the different tracks for com arts, Sam? Uh, vaguely, but the scientific ones like drawing yeah. anatomy stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's like for science yeah. publications and, yeah, that's and really textbooks cool. and stuff. And then Emily was a, uh, a KI uh, student, and she actually was at MAGFest. And she's like, oh, you were at MAGFest? I'm like, yep. Like, oh, where were you? And I feel like that happened a lot. Like I had a friend yeah. that was at MAGFest. She's like, oh, I didn't know you guys were at MAGFest. I was like, yeah, <laughs> we're over there next to the table flipping. Yeah, that happened to me a lot. Um, but they were all super cool and like, we kind of nailed down an idea, uh, pretty quickly. Um, and so, yeah, so you played as a bat that you would, you would hit a button and you had like an energy gauge that you sent out like a supersonic burst and it would, um, illuminate the room and, uh, Steven for his job works in unity. So I don't know. I know barely anything about the lighting in Unity. So he's like, I'll take care of the lighting. I'll take care of this, this, and this. I was like, okay, thank God. So what we did to like make it quote unquote easier is that um, instead of having to build levels, we just randomly generated them. But I've never done randomly random generation. So I was like, I'll take care of the random generation oh, yeah. and like any of the other like algorithm stuff. So Steven wanted something where the the for generating the level where it would start at the player and then like branch out and and make the pathways that way but i didn't really know how to do that so i just googled for like level generation stuff and i stumbled upon the unity demo for cellular automata and i just used that oh nice but the issue with that is that sometimes it can make self-contained pockets that are separated from the main branch yeah so what I then had to do is I had to make a pathfinding algorithm so that when it spawned the the goal, it would chart a path back to the player to confirm that it could find the player. Mm. So the procedural generation for the level was easy enough. Like I did that on Saturday, and that was pretty much out of the way. But the pathfinding took me a solid three or four hours on Sunday to, to get right. Because right. it, it, it got caught because I was using A-star, and it just got kept getting caught in the loot somewhere. So, you know, and I hate oh, so how just like crashing unity every five minutes. I hate <laughs> how unity can't handle infinite loops and you have to manually force quit oh, it. But just like int tries equals zero while true or tries is, less yes. than, is greater than 100 or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I started doing that. But at first I was kind of like, all right, because which, which loop? Because I'm less than 100. But yeah, because I would have to do it because like in the A star algorithm I had, I had like a loop like in four different places. Was it recursive or iterative? It was iterative. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it was, it was a big pain in the ass. Uh, but I finally got it working. Uh, and the main reason I got it working is because I didn't have a heuristic. Because the A star algorithm that I borrowed from was for my turn-based prototype that I was working on. And it wasn't using a heuristic because it's like basically it's self-implemented heuristic was based off of something else. Because mm. in that, it the... the um, like in the turn-based game I'm making, the first thing the game does when it starts is that because I sell, I cust, I build the levels myself. It's not random generation. Is that it shoots raycast out in like eight directions and mm-hmm. finds all its neighbors and then collects that in an object and says, "All right, here are all my neighbor objects." But in this one, I had the pathfinding algorithm, and then separate from that, I had a two by two array for the layout of the of the map, mm-hmm. where a zero was an empty space and one was um, blocked by a wall. Mm-hmm. And so I had to kind of 
get those to co-mingle. So I ended up making a second array, two by two array that was the same size. That was just a bunch of bulls. Yeah, and yeah, then when so it checked, it would just it would just and mark. When it. you visit it, you say I visited here, and yeah. it's the same indexes. Yeah, that's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you can like have the tile object and say, we'll just like have a boolean flag on the tile object right. and check if you visited yeah. it. But like, yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely. That's so that's why. So that's yeah. what ended up fixing it. But then sometimes it would get caught in the loop where like it just kept trying. It would it would randomly put the 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 goalpost, um, but it would keep putting it in places where it couldn't find the player uh-huh. so like i would then put a uh, sentinel in it that would say okay after 20 tries with this map just roll a new map and then do it that's a good call so yeah so it ended up working and it looked really good that's nice i, I like i like the way it were you so so were the room pieces like a bunch of room pieces that you guys made and then it would just like piece them together yeah okay. so then i had to do that's that. a smart way to do it so uh, that was the second thing i did and, and spelunky style or whatever yeah and it didn't work perfectly and because, um, so I would generate it and then I would do the pathfinding and then I would, what would happen is that I would basically build a small three by three array, um, where the centerpiece was the object I was, um, interested in and then it would compare all of its neighbors and if, and then it would build a, uh, basically a byte, um, mm-hmm. out of ones and zeros. And then I had a bunch of different, um, seven bit, uh, seven bit strings that I would just compare to. And mm-hmm. then I had the, uh, the, the sprite textures matched up to those and then I would just apply the proper one. But like you were saying about yours, there are a bunch of edge cases that I didn't account for. Yeah. And Steven was like, well, why don't you just actually use a byte primitive and build it like that? And then there's probably some sort of algorithm. And like, after we were done at the end of the night, he just literally like sketched out five minutes. I was like, yeah, this is how you would do it. But like he just had kind of drew it out, and I was like, "All right, I don't know how to do byte compares like in the way that you're talking about it. Like I understand the concept, but I don't know how to how to program it. So I'm just going with this because this is working right now." Well, I'm glad it worked. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. For ours, it was easy enough to do the random generation because uh, the doors are just like pads that you step on in the room. I was originally gonna make them so that so they were all on the edges, right? But like, like I mean, and that wouldn't have even been that hard. But the one rule that we had to obey for like every room in the game was that like, um, there can't like from any walkable tile you have to be able to access any other walkable tile in uh-huh. the room. Like you can't have any closed off spaces. Right. Which you know if if I actually end up making this, I think it'd be cool to like have like a non walkable like like a wall that divides the room and there's like a door on either side. You have right? to work with that. Well, yeah, and then like and then like in like the one area you could have a power up. So like maybe there's like this cool risk reward and like trying to figure out how to get to that other door on the other side that you started in so you can get the power up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely like minimizing those, those weird cases like that is the best way to yeah. go. I would like to, there are a lot of parts of the game that we made that I really liked, but I don't know. Whoops. Oops. Um, I think you're good. Well, anything spill? Um, there's, I just want, (laughs) I just want another full-time artist (laughs) and another (laughs) secondary programmer (laughs) to like, just make cool shit. Cause it's like, cause I mean, like, I feel like I have an eye for art, but it's just between doing the programming and then also doing the art. It's just like, it's start using Pico 8, man. (laughs) Yeah. Let's make a Pico 8 squad. Yeah. Pico 8 squad. I'm going to, I, 
um, gonna do uh, at some point some slides at a meeting, um, an RVA Game Jams meeting on uh, on Pico Eight, I think, because uh, it's like I've been using it for honestly less than twenty four hours, and I'm just like so in love with it already. It's like it's like will and gambling. <laughs> All right, so we should describe Pico Eight for for the audience. Yeah. 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 Okay. So so Pico Eight is a fantasy console, um, which means it's not actually a physical like like NES or something. It's just like it's an emulated console that runs on your computer, um, and it's in, it's in intentionally very restrictive. Uh, it has a one twenty eight by one twenty eight screen, um, and it's got I think a sixteen color palette. Yep. And those are the only colors you get. Um, the audio editor is in the engine and you have to use that, it, like in the console and you have to use their audio editor, um, for both sound effects and music. Um, you, you can use an external editor for code, but it has a, uh, 128 by 128 code editor in it as well. So it's like super, super minimal. Um, it has like a limit of like 9,000 something characters or something. Yeah. Right. So your program's going to be so long. There's only 9,000 characters. Yeah. yeah. There's only one file that you can have. Like all, all of your code is in just one file. There's not like multiple files you can reference. Um, what else? Either way, the idea is to make very small. They they say on the website very small but expressive designs um, through like the minimalism and restriction of the engine. Um, but the cool thing about it is that it's 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 just so easy to get stuff like working in that. Like like if you start a Unity project, there's like loads of boilerplate. That you're like, yeah. like you're importing stuff that you use from other projects, and you're you're um, setting up a scene, and you have to like put colliders down for for like, oh, this is the floor, and all this other stuff. Um, and I mean, I guess I guess it doesn't need to be that complex, but Unity definitely encourages that level of complexity when you're when you're uh, sort of prototyping stuff. Um, but in Pico Eight, it's just like. You, you you can just you can just code all of it because the 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 um the programming language is so is so minimalistic <clears throat> and just kind of make like the behaviors that you want really quickly like i set up a bouncing ball last night that would just kind of bounce around the screen and like bounce off the screen edges and stuff that you could give like random a random like uh force to and it would start bouncing around the screen it only took me like 10 minutes total so it's like that's that's what I like about it is it's just so so insanely minimal and um, really lets you just like kind of doodle around without a whole lot of commitment. Um, you know, like I had been feeling really creatively frustrated because I only work on Silent Earth for like eight hours a day and like starting a new Unity project is so much work, right? And like by the time you're an hour into it and can like finally make something interesting, you're bored of it mm-hmm. or or have to go do something else. Um, there's too much it takes you too much away from like the other the other stuff. So Pico 8 is just like, hey, 20 minutes, you made something sweet. You know. Cathartic. Yeah, definitely. Just like doodling is what I like about it. Is hacks flixel like that? Or is it more like Unity where there's a lot of prep time? Uh I really like it because there isn't a lot of prep time, but um they're it's still a little bit like I mean like it still has like a framework underneath it so you're not like starting sort of with a blank slate or something okay I'm really interested to check out Pico 8 because I always like to uh, give myself restrictions as far as like 
size of the game, like the size, like the resolution, the color palette, the audio and stuff like that. And so like I've, I've always wondered like I work really well when I give myself those restrictions, but I wonder if I work really well when they're imposed on me. Only, mm. only one way to That's find out. That's an interesting out. way to put that. Yeah. What What's that jam where it's like the, there's a file size limit? Is it like 128 like demo scene, like gay, 64K K or demos? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's like demo scene stuff. That sounds insane. Yeah. That is really insane. How much are files in this? Like how much do they export? Quote, unquote, export. Uh, I haven't exported anything in it yet. I just have carts that I've made like in it. I haven't, I haven't actually tried to export anything. If I remember correctly, they're like really tiny. Um, like really, really tiny. But I can't remember how big. Um, but like to put in perspective, you get 32k of like usable RAM. Wow. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it gives one megabyte to Lua. You know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Lua. It yeah, it gives one megabyte to Lua. Um, for just like the system stuff, but the actual working RAM that you get access to is one. Uh, no, sorry, 32 kilobytes. And then the, I can't remember how much the graphics RAM there is, but like uh, you can do cool like palette swap stuff because um, the sprite RAM and like active graphics memory overlap at a point, and you can like use that to do some weird stuff. I'm not at that level yet, so I don't really know. Like, God damn it, Bill! <laughs> <laughs> Billium, <laughs> Billium, <laughs> B. Blanton. Yeah, I'm not at that level yet, so I don't know like how yeah. how to do that stuff. But I've seen people do crazy stuff like. Travis all dog mm. it's some crazy stuff yeah what's your favorite pico game that you've seen anything by him <laughs> or it's just crazy also um my friend eli i think i've told you about him before he, you might have mentioned him uh he uh he his company's called 2d ray it's him and david carney mm -hmm. um a dream team they are a dream team they're getting real good real good um they their most known work is probably not the robots which is a roguelike about eating furniture as a robot in an abandoned office building um which is actually it's a really cool game but uh but they um eli's been using it and all ever all the stuff he's made has been really cool so definitely his his work too is worth checking out that that five second pitch you gave for their game sounds like uh have you seen this twitter called weird game ideas seen this twitter Oh man, yeah, I have seen that. It totally would like you could just put not the robots on there and it would work. Have you heard of this, Will? No. So it's basically a, uh, a Twitter bot that just tweets out weird game ideas, but they're like really like obtuse. Let me bring it up. It's like Pippin Bar. <laughs> Do you guys that follow him on on Twitter? Uh uh. He he's kind of a goofball. He he gave a uh, a, a talk at Indiecade that was real good. Um, just about like making the same game. 50 times and like how can you change breakout 50 times and like have it be meaningful you rename it arkanoid right <laughs> um <laughs> well, i went to the arkanoid cabinet and i was like oh what's this like wait a second this is breakout i had this on game boy uh, alleyway but yeah i had this on my ipod pippin bar is super about those like about small interesting game concepts and so he's just like tweeting weird game game concepts all the time. <laughs> is it like peter molydew uh fake peter molyneux no Twitter. like his game concepts are actually like damn someone should make that shit okay um so pippin bar and also like pippin. way out there but yeah pippin bar um yeah yeah he's cool you should follow him 
All right, well, here's some weird game ideas from the Weird Game Ideas bot. It's called, the the Twitter handle is at your next game. (laughs) 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 We'll see about that. All right, I'm just going to read from the top here. Uh, Randomly generated Uncharted D-make about retired tomb designers. Hilariously buggy city builder about space costume designers. Photorealistic Uncharted D-make about sarcastic funeral directors. What? Wait, is this really like a random generator? Because it seems to be stuck on Yeah, something. I don't know why. They're usually not that repetitive. It's super into Uncharted D-makes. But yeah, it's usually that have to like, do with death. It's usually yeah. like descriptor genre about noun. Yeah. Uh, noir racing game about squeamish artists. Deceptively easy looking flight sim about board receptionists. Comedy visual romance novel about amorous web designers. Horror hidden object game about retired Unreal Engine evangelists. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. Uh, there should be a jam where you just have to like pick one of those. That's why I want. Yeah. I want yeah. us to do a game jam where it's just like, all right, roll it. And this is what you get. Because that's what they did. There's Molly Jam that they did yeah. a couple years ago. That was just um, pick one of his tweets. I really want Fuck This Jam to come back. That was that Rami Ismail put that on, right? Either him or Jan, I think. Yeah. Was that only once that they did that? It might have been JW. Um, yeah. Wait, no. They maybe did it twice. I don't know. But the idea, fuck this jam is. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah. You explain for, it for, for the for the audience. For the audience. For the for, yeah. the for, the, for massive audience. I'm the host, and I failed the cardinal sin. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this jam. Um, is where you get, make a game in a in a genre that you despise. Um, uh, like for example. Um, I really hate sports games. Well, I don't hate sports games because I like Rocket League. I guess that's a sports game. It's like the one sport. Um, it's like <laughs> NFL Blitz and Rocket League should just um, as well not be sports it's games. It's like Mo- Moment. I, well, this would also work for me. I hate dating sims. That's what Moment did. Yeah, we yeah, also yeah. did one he when did we did it. A dating sim. Um, and so I, I think that's everyone's go-to. I think I think that it would be really cool to have that come back and make some interesting games out of stuff I dislike. What's, I, dislike I dislike JRPGs a lot. Yeah, there's a so lot of aspects would, of JRPGs. I would make a JRPG. Uh, but I would like like make an aspect of JRPGs I dislike. Like I would make it like which Final Fa- which SNES Final Fantasy is like where the, the s- singing takes place where they do the entire singing number where it's like the woman on the balcony singing and like they mock it in Undertale. Probably a bunch of yeah. Them. Yeah. Like I, that's one of my favorite the scenes. does like a little cute dance. Well, have you played Undertale? I've played like the first 15 minutes. Okay. There's hour. there's a character in there called metatron he's like this angry like passive aggressive robot that's like Dude, you're fucking spoiling this, sh- this, sh- this hey it's just a little well i mean if are you gonna play it i don't know okay well this character is really funny is it dark souls <laughs> <laughs> yes it's a demake of dark souls <laughs> but like this there's an entire like musical number where he's just mocking like that trope oh yeah i think that's funny or like if you like or like the turn-based combat in a jrpg i feel like you could do a lot with to make fun of yeah, totally. Um, which they do in Undertale. Um, I, uh, I like. I don't know. I, I, I just get really bored of them. Like Chrono Trigger is the best JRPG ever, right? Mm-hmm. I've never like I've tried. Well, no, Golden Sun's the best JRPG ever. I've, I, I've also tried playing Golden <laughs> Sun. I both those games. It's like I get to like three hours and I'm like, fuck it. I'm I'm bored to tears. I cannot play this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens with every JRPG I try out. I just get to a point where I'm like, all right, this is. Hiring. Why do you think that is? Because onboarding so long. Onboarding. 
Um, Sorry, I, 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 I <laughs> hang out with a lot of uh, UX designers. Onboarding of this JRPG. Um, the tutorialization. No, uh, for me, it is... Have you played Chrono Trigger? Have you played Chrono Trigger? I mean, I've, I've seen like... I've played like the first 10 minutes. It is... To be fair, I've seen like the car- like the beginning where it's in the carnival and whatever. Yeah. Right. And just watching people play that, I get bored. So I'm like, nope, yeah. nope, I'm out. That part, that part, I'm like... Like just sitting through it. But no, it's it's after I get to like the dinosaur area. Uh-huh. I just feel like I don't really know what I should be doing. Like that's what happens. Okay, that's what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. I feel like the I ignorance. get to the point. I feel like I don't know what I should be doing. And I, I'll spend like an hour trying to figure it out. And then I'll put it down and just like. I can't play an, a JRPG without like the help of the internet. Like Final Fan- my favorite Final Fantasy of the two I've played. <laughs> for There's just like several parts in it where like. Something blows up and a friend of yours is in a hospital bed somewhere. You have to go I'm find like, out where you that is. You don't even know that you're supposed to go find this person, but that's like the next step. And it's just like, eh, maybe not. I will say the breadcrumbing in like modern JRPGs is like, like I'm, I've been playing Pokemon Omega Ruby and like the, they are just straight up telling you like, we need to go here next. Okay, well, like, like sweet. are fine when the mechanic is literally press the D-pad in a direction for a while and then it, and then start the dialogue with the A button. Uh-huh. If that's like the gameplay that you're doing right now, yes, give me breadcrumbs because that's boring as shit. Like the the interesting part of JRPGs is the narrative and then of course the battles, right? Right. Um, but I was saying in Pokemon, they 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 weave like what you need to do next, like into the narr- into the quote unquote narrative, like the, right. the child's narrative, but like. And they do it well because... Well, Pokemon's so engaging because they make the walking around part of mechanic because you're trying to hunt for Pokemon. Right. Right? But in, like, Chrono Trigger where you're just like, like, let me... Like, why do we, why do we have an overworld? Yeah. Why can't I just, like, go to the next spot? Teleport. Well, they're, it's you know? literally like a Because then you can't get game, the airship. But, like, instead of just clicking, you have to walk into random encounters. Just that, like, that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm, I, that's why I would... Rather just click. Yeah, I would rather just be like, all right, let me go to the next spot and then only level me up with meaningful encounters. Are there any really good JRPGs with like fleshed out narratives that are just like a clicker game? Like literally like you click and stuff? I think you just found out your game for Fuck This Jam if it ever comes back. Yeah, really. Do that, yeah. I mean, except I really love good. clicker games. No, but I'm saying just put all the JRPG... Qu- <laughs> Like no, it's a fuck this fuck this game for JRPGs. Where it's just like right, I just really love JRPGs too, though. Taking the stuff out of JRPGs I like, and we're gonna put it into a clicker game. I'd have a hard time finding a genre I really hate to do that. Jam. I don't like match threes. I could do a match three game. You like racing games? Yeah, sometimes. I love racing games. I love match I three games sometimes. I like non semi racing games. Yeah, like I will play Burnout till the day I die. I, oh man, that game is so good. <laughs> Paradise is is that your go-to? Uh yeah, Paradise. Yep, that that'd be the one. Um, and then the one right, Legends? No, that was PS2. But Legends is also really good. I didn't know there was one um, called Legends. That might be the PSP one. I don't know. I played a lot of Burnout games. I really like sim racing games just because there's like, like, like slow jazz all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, the soundtracks. Yeah, great. And it's just like really relaxing, and you go like race and lose really bad, and you're just like, okay, time to go to you, the shop. In you Forza Two, the they start off the main menu with Daft Punk is playing at my house by LCD Sound System. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, let's go. You should uh, someone should gamify just in a game jam, like just gamify 
amplify the action of panning around the car model dude oh, <laughs> in yeah. sim games like that's i don't know what you idea. would do but that would be funny dude yeah that's a good idea there's the new game uh the developers that made surgeon simulator and i am bread just announced their new game have you called have you seen it no it's called like splash deck or something it's a skateboarding game it's basically someone took tony hawk and combined it with splatoon because you play as a skateboard like there's no one on the skateboard you're just a like possessed skateboard right going around this contained skate park and you pull off tricks and however high your chain of tricks is a paint a, a explosion of color occurs underneath you and it turns into splatoon where you're like trying to cover as oh, much of the that's map a ga- that's a game mode in tony hawk um, oh yeah yeah i can't remember what it's called but like is it multiplayer or are you like yeah it's team based yeah 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 so you're like trying to capture it right yeah it's like yeah that's a that's a game mode in like the og tony hawk i know that. yeah the game is awesome yeah well it's basically that then but nice. it was like within like a contain like where the maps are based around doing that do you there's like very symmetrical what's the control service are you using like a controller i, I assume so i mean they usually like a like a because <coughs> there's that there's that like finger skateboarding game for a while <laughs> i don't remember it's everyone had it uh-huh. um it's it's but you play it's like you use two fingers and it's like a tech deck on your phone oh yeah but you have a skate park that you're like in no there's, there's, one there's like ps2 a... called yanya cabalista what and that was also came with like you a weird him. skateboard peripheral that you put on the analog sticks I was never good so at, with goofy. tech decks. Like, like when people were doing like, <laughs> like manuals and well, manuals are easy. But yeah, when they were doing like kick flips and shit, or like getting the the skateboard to magnetize their fingers. Yeah, I was like, how are you doing that? Like, do you have like gum on your fingers or something? Yeah, go learn a code or something. Like, <laughs> no, though, I wish I had that kind of dexterity for that for your fingers. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Sixty nine. I, I, I had a few friends that were like. <laughs> this is a podcast in which everyone finds out none of us know what 69 means yeah jesus <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> there's fingers and like chicken nuggets involved i think chicken nuggets <laughs> i should imagine like a tech deck but like the, the board <laughs> is a chicken nugget <laughs> i was thinking it'd be really cool to get like tech deck trucks and wheels for your phone your cell phone but now that I have a kind of expensive cell phone, I'm yeah, too afraid. So good. What do you have? When I had a cheap one, I was I was like thinking about it, like putting putting like trucks on your phone. Yeah, like but like Will is like super gluing them to the back of the phone, like not even to like a cover, just onto the phone itself. Be fun yeah, if you like drill them in. Yeah, I was thinking about just taking the back off and drilling them into the back. Yeah. Oh, phone's not working. Just <laughs> drills into the lithium-ion battery. Yeah. Yeah, really long but like super skinny screw that goes like all the way through it. Like <laughs> tiny little trucks with like like quarter inch wheels on them. Like this is a really quick tangent, but there's a YouTube channel and it's like, can you skate this or something? I don't remember what they actually are, but yeah, like that's yeah. a dope channel. It's so good. Yeah, they do like PS4s or like oh yeah, yeah a door the glass skateboard. Yeah, the glass skateboard. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Did it shatter or is it good? Uh, I don't want to do any, do okay, any no spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. Um, it shatters. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, oh, fuck. Who was the guy? Who was the Microsoft guy that was like uh, the head of the Surface team when the Surface was? He was like part, head of their hardware division or something. I forget what his name. He's like a professor now at like MIT. Um, or he was, and they worked at Microsoft, and they went back to being a professor. 
But at one point, like during some press conference when they were announcing the surface, he like skateboarded out on a surface, <laughs> like where they attached trucks to it, <laughs> just to like show how durable it was. Wonder how many times he practiced that. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> home, at home by himself, he is, he's all padded. That's up. like that is that is some like Balmer type shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but Balmer would be like sweating profusely. Like, like onto the completely wipe out, dude. <laughs> Do that thing where it just rolls out kids. from underneath him and like hits the wall. That weird one from like 1997 where like Bill Gates is like dancing with him like this, you know, <laughs> fingers <laughs> in the air. He's just swinging his arms wildly. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. I wish so, you yeah, still. Uh, <laughs> Did it, were you happy with your game jam game? Yeah, I was. No, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, it was a cool game. It was. Uh, I was like, all right, it's done. Here it is. Global Game Jam website. Just stay up for long enough for me to upload the executable. All right, we're good. Done. Like that's good. Can go back to it if I want to, but I'm not obligated to. Nice. First Global Game Jam game finished on time. So exciting. I should obviously have a second programmer with me at all times. <laughs> like I just <laughs> offload stuff too. It's yeah, like that's that was my big takeaway. Don't be the funnel. Yeah, like, just don't do it. Yeah. Not a good move. Thanks, Will. Yeah, no problem. For setting that up. Yeah, setting Sam up for failure. <laughs> I, I thought Sam would enjoy Nelson. They, I on feel the like lineup cards are like, do you know two D or three D? And I put forty because I was feeling snarky. <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like. Here's this like deceptively bad team for Sam. No, they were. I'm just kidding. They were no. really great. Yeah, they were really talented people. So, super cool. I thought that you and Nelson would get along really well. Yeah, Nelson's Nelson. Nelson Mandela's on your they team. Were gonna, like, they were, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Nelson Mandela came to Richmond. The corpse of Nelson. Him and Mandela. Will go way back, man. Yeah. <laughs> the corpse of Nelson Mandela. Yeah, I was just ignoring the fact that Nelson Mandela's dead. <laughs> Courts of I Nelson think we Mandela. found out your bottlenecking problem. <laughs> <laughs> I teamed you up with all the dead people. It's a bunch of cadavers. The corpse of Nelson Mandela strung up like a marionette. Jesus. But no, Nelson used to work at uh, Bits and Pixels back when it was Play and Trade even, I think. And uh, talk with him sometimes. He's always been like, oh, I want to come out to a jam. So he finally did. Called his bluff. Yeah, and he wasn't, he like has applicable experience. He's like a UX designer. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, he came with like pretty cool interface stuff for us, to, for us to sort of follow, which is which is really neat. Was he the one that created the console thing? That yeah, was like the framing. Him, him and and uh, Bree helped a little bit with touching that up, and then she did the people in front of it. Um, he also did the background. Uh, you talk into the mic, did, Sam. What you look into the mic when you talk. Oh, sorry. That's right. You don't have to come up to it. Just make sure you're my bad towards it. Denzel and. Uh, Jess did levels, and Denzel made a really cool typography for the game. And then she also, Jess also um, did. Uh, she also did like some extra programming and stuff like that on the side. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Jess yeah. has the coolest hats. Yeah, right. Every day, she, Jess has dope ass hats. She had that corgi hat. Yep, corgi hat was really cool. I'm still, I'm still recovering from Moman's Flareon hat. Every time I see him, I'm like, whoa. He's he's like, oh, the joke no. is dead, man. He's like worn it too many times. <laughs> is he wearing it ironically? Is that the joke? I bet he wore it to his fucking Amazon interview. <laughs> <laughs> Sup? Where's Bezos? 
It's <laughs> <laughs> promised one on one. Dude, I oh my god, if he did that, I would just like laugh my ass off. Um I don't know how I feel about that, about you know, Amazon or not, just I don't know, that whole thing. I, how you feel wait, yeah. about get, I, get, about him taking advantage of them for yeah. a free Seattle vacation? Yeah. Dude, I mean they've clearly got the money to do it. Like like they're they're He walks in through the exit too, doesn't he? Probably. Probably. He's, I mean, well, I mean, clearly, clearly there's like a certain percentage of developers. They like bring on the bring like, like wine and dine them in Seattle right. to like bring them on that will say no. Right. Yeah. So if Momin's like just going to be one of that percentage and have fun with it, like I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah. You know, like there's certainly like an account, like they're not like, oh my God, you wasted our time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are people like lined up for that job. Yeah. Right. I guess me, I would be nervous. I would just be like, <laughs> you don't want to work for Amazon. Not, I'm not speaking from experience because I'm nowhere on the, at that level. But like, I just, I think we've all read. I've that. heard all the horror stories. New York Times expose. I did, a, I did a project on it. I did a presentation on it for business. Yeah. So I don't know. So, Will, you were at Global Game Jam. Yeah, yeah. but you weren't specifically. Submitting stuff for global. You I've never more. done a global. Well, I kind of did a game to the last year's theme, but I didn't submit it. Your bird? Yeah. I like your bird thing. Did that you ever cool. do anything with that? No. Maybe I could. One game a month, baby. One game a yeah. month. So that's what I want to talk I about. I could be like a really good like gift for someone. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking about yeah, that. Yeah. Maybe you, I think you might have said that at some point, but yeah, like definitely put like a bunch of like little messages in there and. What was this one? Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it could. They, uh, it's such like a neutral setting. Yeah, that you could like make it really easily, like kind of a pleasant like, I love you, or you could make it like, really like, fuck you. I regret every moment we've ever spent. It's like some <laughs> satanic <laughs> script. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about like it'd be really cute. It's like a it's like a really romantic gesture, but like part of that game ish thing was that like if you don't feed the birds they just like disappear forever <laughs> and so like it'd be really like it would be really stressful both for me and the recept <laughs> receiver of the gift and be like me I, like i give it to them and i don't know if they're reading the messages or if they just stop playing and the birds the, are yeah, all dead they, like how far did you get yeah you know and so like or like like so i'm like oh man maybe they just didn't play it at all and it was just a wasted effort or they played it and it was like, will you marry me? And then they're just like, ah, I'm going to stop playing this. And then for them, it's like stressful because they're like, I got to fucking feed these shitty stupid birds every day. Like the first like maybe dozen oh, times, yeah, it's, it's probably like. on like the day. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So the first few times they're probably just like, wow, this is really interesting. Like it's like cool little like ritualistic experience that I do every day. And then after like a couple of weeks, I like, why the fuck am I doing this? I think, yeah, I like the persistence aspect of it, but I, I wish it was like an application in the sense that you could just, you, you had to have it on or like right, right. It, it didn't take up a lot of space. Like you, yeah, you yeah. minimize it and then you get a ping or a notification or something. It'd be cool if I could figure out how to do like a transparent background and just make it like a, Bonzi buddy type situation. Yeah. I think you need more onboarding. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> the first the first 30 messages are free and then you still have to start. <laughs> this IAP, 99 cents for the next 30. Well, no, you pay 99 cents 
to get 50 bird feathers. Yeah. And you use each 25 bird feathers, you construct a new bird. Yeah. And then those birds bring you new messages. That's pretty good. You guys should look up the game on Ouija. Which is I love on Ouija. We talked about it. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so awesome. It's just like Luigi being super bummed out and smoking a cigarette. It's a, it's a nihilistic, <laughs> like, yeah, nihilistic. Yeah, he's just being super um, nihilistic and just sort of like quoting things into the sky. Yeah. And like, that's the whole game. That's the whole game. But yeah, you walk him around. You walk, you, you're like walking him around uh, um, like the first level of Super Mario World. And it's like, but nothing like can hurt him or anything. Like he's right. just like kind of there. And, and, and it's Fire Luigi. To clarify, it's what Luigi? Fire Luigi. Oh, okay. Like it's, it's the inverted. Yeah, it's like the 1985. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's just one button that's like press X, take a drag from your cigarette. And I think I forget. There's another button that just like gives you a new quote. Yeah. There's like I um, think it. I think it's just the 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 arrow keys. I think right. Looking up like makes him pontificate, and looking down he like takes a drag of the cigarette. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's how it is. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. Um. And it gets old really quick, like, once you realize that it's just sort of this random list it's picking from. There's no, like, real point, which is kind of the point, I guess. But, like, I don't know. It's my, my, there's a quote where he's just like, I looked at the, I looked down at the broken body of, of Bowser and saw in it a map, a broken map of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes a drag of the cigarette. <laughs> Gold. I'm like, I am so on board with whatever's going on here. This was totally worth this itch.io, like, going to this itch page. Yeah. I played that shit for, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> pretty good pretty good that'd be like a really funny game to see like in a movie it's just like the background noise for like you know the characters are playing a game on the couch mm-hmm. and like the camera just pans by for a second and you see it's that <laughs> so in, yeah. the, in the next season of house of cards it's yeah. frank underwood playing yeah. on ouija obsessed with it. Yo, i see a lot of a lot of what this what this character's feeling in my own life <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, no, I've never done a game jam, global game jam. <laughs> never done a game jam. Never done a game jam, really. I just do, I just make games in weekends. Just happens to chill inside. <laughs> yeah, happens, I just really into, and then, so I don't even submit the Ludumdar, but I somehow win. Yeah. <laughs> just get first place. Ugh, first so, place. So, speaking of games, speaking of Ouija, a game you've played, what else have you been playing, Sam? Way too much of The Witcher Three. Finally, like I finally started playing The Witcher Three. I played it through. I played through like the first like quarter of it, and then for some reason got bored and like started. No, Doom came out. <laughs> okay. And then I like played played all of Doom twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. and then I f- I'd forgotten that I had Witcher Three installed. Um, but I started a new file because um, uh, Lauren's brother got it for PS4. Mm-hmm. And he was playing it over Christmas, and I was like, "Oh man, I forgot this game is actually kind of dope." Um, and so I ended up playing it again, and just have been like immersed in that game. That's like what Lauren and I do instead of like watching movies now is we'll just like play The Witcher Three. Mm-hmm. Does she play as well, or is it mostly you playing? Um, she likes to drive. She Lauren she likes I, to drive I, the I, horse. Lauren, yeah, well, like Lauren is very much like. So we were talking sort of like about like different types of players and how like some people are like super into mastery and some people are super into like exploration. Uh-huh. Lauren is like, um, I don't, she like, she, uh, like a creator kind of per- Like she really likes the Sims. Right. Right. And she really likes sort of experimenting with different systems and stuff. She doesn't super like super, uh, like execution based, like, uh, anxious games like that. where like, he's going to attack you. You better block type thing. Like he doesn't like that. Does or she, she doesn't like, like that. Does she like Gwen? Um, uh, 
I don't know. Gwent's like really frustrating. Yeah. Um, I, I finally won well. a Gwent match at long last, but it was the one. It was the one where you like have to win it to save that dude's yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost um, that one. <laughs> yeah, that's like the second game of Gwent I played because I don't. I mean, the game itself is fine, but I just don't care. Yeah. So she likes she likes sort of like doing like she gets interested in the dialogue stuff, um, and likes sort of like walking around and exploring. But the moment there's enemies, I'm playing um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's I, I mean she might come around though because like that's how we did GTA for a really long time is like I would just like do all the combat parts and she would just like drive everywhere and do the bowling and yeah and like do all the social shit. Um, but then she had like, it was like one day I was like sick or gone or something. And she's just like bucked up and learned how to shoot in that game. And then now she like, she, she bought GTA five for PS3 so she can play when I'm not like, so she can play when I'm like working on silent earth or something. Cool. So she play she online might, she might do Witcher. No, she doesn't do online. Um, I tried GTA online again recently and I, I was just like. It was exactly the same experience I had the first time. It was just like, wow, this is really cool. Damn, I've been on this loading screen for a long time. Like, you're just waiting like, oh, man, some person fucked up the mission like right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And then it just like puts you back. And you've like spent screen. 15 minutes trying to get some people together to play and like going through the loading screen and getting the match all set up or like the mission all set up. It might be then, also the console you're playing on. If you're playing PC. On- Oh, I thought you said PS3. Well, she, so she's playing. She's it, playing on PS3. PS3 I own it on PC. Okay, that's how we've right. played it historically. All right, yeah. that, is, that is that is weird then. Yeah, GTA Online is like a really good idea, but just like with way too many loading screens. Is there like a uh, like a Dark Souls multiplayer thing for GTA Five? People can just like pop in. Yeah. Yes, there's a, there's a, like a free roam, and there's like a bounty system tied to it. So if like someone is killing a bunch of players, oh, they get a bounty put on their head. Yeah, but it's not like you're still in like the online world, and then right. if you switch to an offline character in the yeah. offline world. So there's no like, yeah, there's no like people can't raid your your single player. That sucks. Well, that's what they do in Watch. Yeah, it seems like it's like how you should do GTA yeah. Five, right? Well, I mean, Watch Dogs, both Watch Dogs did that, and so I mean, those came af- out after um, GTA Five, so maybe Rockstar will incorporate that into the next GTA, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, I feel like that'd be difficult to do now, mm-hmm. since they're straight into red dead redemption 2 mm-hmm. development i i do so i do like the witcher 3 a lot um i think the the gameplay stuff is really interesting so yeah so we'll talk about the gameplay first really briefly um everyone knows how that game plays it's like kind of like assassin's creed style combat mm-hmm. um but with like more like skill like rpg stuff involved um i personally really like all the crafting um it's the first game where i found crafting to be like really fun because you only craft each item once yeah um potions sort of behave like skills so if you go craft a potion it's just in your inventory and you can use it until like you're out but then when you meditate they recharge but they they consume like any alcohol you have right with you will be is what's used to recharge all your potions. one of them will be consumed to uh use regain your charges right so that makes like crafting like that's like all right that's how you fix that system for me like i really I really enjoyed the crafting of that game and I went for like an alchemy build, right? So I'll like run around and like all I'm into is just like finding all the different potions and like and the oils. Applying them in combat. And yeah, like all the beasts are different are, are like vulnerable to different things and like you sort of you, like you can look at the codex to check like right before you fight one, but you sort of build up this like mental like, oh, that's like a drowner, so I should apply this thing to my sword. Right. Use the and necrophage it. oil. So it sort of gets this like monster hunter esque vibe to it if you like go the alchemy route. Right. Which is pretty cool. So yeah, like that part's fun. All like the all like the st- the story is really good. 
I do think the writing in that game is a little like straight white male a yes. lot of the time. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck guys. This is like, like I'm trying to play this with my girlfriend and it's just clearly like, you can only talk to the women who are like hot, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like not just romance, but just like any woman you interact with in general is like at least, at least a seven. <laughs> you know like there's no what's that what's that movie the last action hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. is that that movie and like everyone in that universe is just hot just a hot babe right and I mean it's not that bad there's like some old people and stuff and they're like children and obviously and things like that but like anyone you talk to your age that's female is like oh yeah girl could totally fuck that person yeah and, it's and just like, normally does or at least implies to yeah I mean it I don't know I I just like the writing is like a little abrasive sometimes but it's it's kind of okay given it's not really okay but it's like kind of it's it's like given that it's like this rpg sort of like western fantasy source material that's about what i would expect right you know so and, it, and, like, it, and, it, and it and it clears that bar a little bit and sometimes it doesn't well like okay but like even even like there's like one part where you go uh you're you're trying to find your friends um like lovers or whatever, because they will have information on yeah. where he is. Yeah, yeah. And so you go to this one house, and, uh, and it's like this like tailor that lives there. Mm-hmm. And the and the and the tailor and uh, Geralt says, "Have you seen so and so?" And it's a woman, obviously, right? Um, and he's like, "Give me just a moment." And he comes out and he's like all dressed up. Yeah, he's in drag. Um, yeah, and he's like, "Whoa," <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, relax. Like, <laughs> like if you're gonna if you're gonna put like the drag thing in there right like just like have it be low-key like why does it need to be this like girl there's even like a dialogue option like do you always dress up or some bullshit like that like um no 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 he asked he he he, girl actually asked if he's like into your friend right it's like and it's like this is so it's kind of like this game was made like or like it's almost if the writers were writing as if it were like mid early 2000s yeah it feels like a gta like Three or San Andreas yeah. joke. Yeah, or like the social progressivism that has occurred in the intervening decade, like has not been recognized. Right. And it's yeah. a little frustrating. Yeah, it feels it feels really like I don't know. And well, is Project Red they are they like Eastern European? Yeah, they're in Poland. Okay. And The yeah, Witcher Poland is States. a Polish novel. Right. Yeah, and it's, so it's, it's a big deal over And there. it's like it, it's it's very like medieval Russia the whole the whole game. Yeah, right. Like yeah. like the prime minister of Poland <laughs> gave Barack Obama like a bust of Geralt when in like a copy of The Witcher <laughs> Three when he went to Poland. That's one thing it's that's like, really cool. Poland's super proud of their game studios. Like, yeah, it's like their big thing. So I think all of the, all of the all those Northern Europe, Eastern Europe, they got some good studios. Yeah, yeah, they know what they're the, doing. The stalker guys, GSC yeah. Game World. Whew. Um, and uh, the is, Metro but is that just there. like a product of the politics over there? Like, are they just not? I mean, they're they're certainly not as like. I don't know. I mean, are you talking about the writing? Or you're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. the treatment of their development studios. The yeah. writing. No, I think I just think it's just just white Western civilization male yeah. power fantasy. Well, like there, like in the stalker games, there are no women. Right. Period. It's what? all dudes in the zone. Like, there's no. Dude's all dudes in the zone. All dudes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That is. Oh my god, that's so perfect. Yeah. In the well, okay. So stalker, the it, stalker takes place in the zone, which is just what they refer to the area around Chernobyl as. And like in the game, there's all this like weird shit that's happened there, and you you're like all these people that have have moved in 
trying to make money off of the weird shit that's happened there since. Wait, is but it, it's only guys. Is it post-apocalyptic? No. Oh, I mean, only in the sense that only, like Chernobyl is that, post-apocalyptic. So it's only so the rest of the world's fine. The rest of the world's fine, but like no one goes there. Oh, I was always under the impression that it was like a Fallout type world. Yeah, it's like super it's, localized Fallout. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, like maybe the Fallout world, but like, you know, maybe Africa's not Fallouted. And they're really good games. It's probably like my favorite example of like how to do an open world game correctly. Um, I think, but, but yeah, like, so back to the writing, there's no, there's no women in that. Um, there are few women in, uh, uh, what's the other shooter they made? It's about the subway. Metro. Metro. Yeah. yeah. There are few women in that game. Um, so I, you know, and I don't want to generalize, right. But there's like, I, I feel like that's probably not as big. Maybe they haven't, maybe the developers in those countries, like obviously we're still work, working on bringing women into games more, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe those developers in those countries haven't faced so much of a pressure. demand. Yeah, the pressure of doing this we have in America, where we're like, we have to have, like, we have to have these, you know, very multicultural, like, like you know, forward-thinking games, which is a good thing. But I just think they haven't had the pressure there. It might be the fact that, well, I mean, I know Poland wasn't, but the Metro developers, they were, they're in, they're in Ukraine, right? Ukrainian, right? I just mean like I just mean like you know Eastern well, Europe. Well, I'm I'm curious maybe the influence of being a former Soviet satellite, right? What that might have played, things sure. like that. Like you know the developer of Tetris was just he worked for the USSR. He was just a, a, a computer scientist that just worked for the state. Right. And it's like if he were female, will that game have occurred in the time period that it was created? Right. Something like that. Right. Probably not. You know. Um. And, and, uh, obviously there's, there's still like, like those countries still have a whole lot to work on with like social, social policies, like in their government and media. But like, I think that's all it's a product of, but it's, you know, I also think it's like uh, trying to appeal to a certain demographic, right? <laughs> like it's, the game is also like supposed to make money, you know? Um, and so it, it feels like a little bit of a step back yeah. in, in those regards. Did you guys play the other Witcher games? I tried to play Witcher two, like because I had. Well, they kind of suck. Yeah. So I had, I had, <laughs> I had this, I had this iMac boot camped with Windows on it, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I tried running Witcher two on this. Don't try to run a Witcher game on, <laughs> on an iMac because it's not gonna run, like at all. Like I would pan the camera around, it would just, it was like two frames a second. It was chirp, 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 <laughs> chirp. I was like, all right. But then when I got the PC, I tried playing it, and I went through the tutorial, and I was like, all right. Whatever. My buddy Curtis started playing the Witcher games and he played the first one and like I watched him for like a few hours and I was just like this is like unbearable. Like I don't know what it was about it. I think it was the interface. Yeah. But aside from that like it there's like a weird quality with a lot of open world, is it? It's I have no idea. I don't it felt like a MM like an all, MMO. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think world. I think the influences come from like old CRPGs, like right? Baldur's Gate and things like that. Right. So, and they've slowly over time become more action adventure oriented. Yeah, the third one definitely feels very western. Yeah. As far as like like mechanically yeah. western, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I've never played the others. Um I don't know how much background you need. Not a lot. I mean, they introduce character. The only thing that I would say is that the relationship between Geralt and Yennefer makes very little sense. Yeah. If you haven't played Witcher 2 because there's this whole 
amnesia plot line in Witcher 2 and girl lost his memory and fell in love with his other woman and then the woman it, he actually loves becomes a love triangle and which is just like it's all stupid it's that's the part that pisses me off it's all so and it's not even like done and i was so pissed off Ugh. at Geralt's voice like for the first like Two hours of playing, maybe even longer. He sounds like fucking Batman. It sounds like Batman. <laughs> if Batman smoked like a carton a day for like ten years, he's like. Right. I was like, so much of this is trying to appeal to that white straight male power fantasy, and it's really frustrating, and it distracts from the parts that are the good parts, and there are good parts in the story of that game, right? But it's just like. Oh, it's so it's so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So so, <laughs> in summary, yeah, I like the I like the mechanics a lot. The gameplay is fun. The overarching story is fun. The moment to moment moment to moment writing is sometimes a little abrasive, for me. Yeah, but it's fun enough that I don't mind. That's why we gave it the Ward Podcast Best Games Played Award of Grandest Adventure. Ah, because it was more about the sense of scale and scope in that game than it was right. any particular. Yeah, totally way to put it play anything else um <laughs> some <laughs> counter-strike global offensive yeah i've been i i recently got back into csgo i played counter-strike source a lot when i was in high school um and uh failed a lot of tests because of it um uh and i started i have i've had csgo for a really long time and obviously that game's like sort of declining a little bit right well it's it's at least plateaued right like there's in terms of popularity like it was really popular when it came out in like 2013 2012 i feel like tf2 um, ate its lunch and then overwatch ate tf2's lunch so there's just this progressive like csgo was after tf2 oh was it yeah yeah but I, but cs I feel like, like counter-strike as a concept has been around yeah. since yeah like 2004 the dawn of man <laughs> like yeah like really old um i've had like um those moments where i was talking about like uh what is it that jrpg we were talking about with marth oh uh fire, fire emblem. emblem fire emblem i've had like fire emblem moments with tf2 and csgo as well where it was just like it was just like this really cute like kind of like niche thing and it was like very like well crafted and well put together and just like very like singular thing and then like i look away for a while <laughs> and i come back and like everything is skinned and like there's hats everywhere and like i have no idea what's going on anymore. well don't look at overwatch then because it's like staring into the goddamn sun <laughs> yeah. in terms of their fandom yeah i i mean that's kind of what like cs goes like i, I i'm always admit to uh embarrassed to admit that i play CSGO because there's a certain there's definitely stuff you can assume about people. Really? CSGO. Is like that boom headshot guy is just like guys who why yeah. why are you holding the knife? You always run faster with a knife. Um or just like, you know, like a, like CSGO trash talking kind of guy. Like okay. That's that's kinda like what comes to mind. But is that stigma any different than like Call of Duty stigma? Like, no, it's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. But then like, don't worry about it. Right, when I think of CSGO, I think of a dude in like a land cafe, like slamming energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and then like crushing him on his forehead. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I really like super uh, mastery based games. Like yeah. uh, very like execution based. But it's like why I like Downwell so much is because it's like. Play Dark Souls, Sam. I know. Don't I mean, play Dark Souls. It. It's too hard. The barrier of entry <laughs> is too high. 
Like that's that's what I like about CS:GO. It's got a pretty low barrier. Well, that's a lie. <laughs> um, no, it doesn't because I've probably played the t- a total of one round of CS, and the second it's just like buy your gun. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, and then like, and you ask somebody like near you, and they're just like, <laughs> no, it's just it's just their mic is all static because they're shouting so high, it's just blowing out their mic. Yeah. Hey man, which gun is better? Fuck you. Like. <laughs> And then your own teammates kill you. Is there friendly fire? Um, so I'm a really weird CSGO player. I only play on well, Teddy Bear server. I only play team deathmatch on the reserve playlist, which is like office, uh, assault. Uh if you guys know any CS maps? No. no. Okay. Just the one. Isn't there like Dust a- two, baby? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's actually the one. That's the only one. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows Dust Two. Um I was just gonna be like the desert one that looks like yeah. the desert one in Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. So everyone knows Dust Two. That's by far like the most popular Counter Strike map and has been since 1.6. Yeah, yeah, at least. And they're on um, what now? Uh, that was like a third different iteration. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 1.6 was just like a mod. Oh. Or, and no, well, it started as a mod. 1.6 was they owned by Valve at that point, and then Counter Strike Source was when. Um, no, sorry. CS <laughs> CS 1.6 was the mod. Um, Counter-Strike Source was the official Valve version of the game that okay. was made by Valve. And then CSGO is like the new updated version. Um, but no, so like... like the Why are people now, surprised by like Valve's strategy? Like, oh my God, they, how could they have foreseen Dota 2? It's like because they saw this popular ass game that's been around forever and they just hired everyone that was on yeah, that goddamn team valve doesn't make original content yeah, they just like, hire people like between like, that kim swift with portal the fucking team fortress guys and counter-strike it's like you can obviously see like yeah what they do like, hey, do you guys want to be paid to make this for us yeah all right well here's a ton of money to do that and we're gonna make this great thing and you have to and, put hats in it yeah um but sorry what were, you, what, were you, what were you saying um oh the reserve maps are just like uh they're just like a playlist of um they they contain a lot of maps that I like remember fondly, like Nuke. I really like. Um Are they like small contained maps? Is like what's No, they're just the I mean, they they're just all CS maps. Okay. They're they're just, just not classic like maps. The active rotation or whatever. Okay. Um CS Reserve. Right. Well, they're just like I, I just play them because I think I find the people on that playlist to be nicer. But uh and sometimes I play competitive, which is where you have like have the bomb and you have to defuse it. But team deathmatch is just like fucking kill these people like it's all it is cool um so yeah it's a really good waste of time it's not enriching me as a game developer <laughs> or at all just junk food <laughs> it's just game dev junk food it yeah it totally is i just like sometimes i just want games to just like zonk out to and like play for a while and not really ha- like like well, it's weird that mastery games are like that though like for me dark souls is me like chilling out yeah, yeah, totally. But I mean, but yeah. <laughs> well, do you guys do you guys get like like so? I've been meaning to play Event O for a while, uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, or Event Zero, however you say it. Uh, and it's like, or and it's just like games like that. Like I never, after I've worked all day or something, I never have the energy to tackle a game like that. Yeah. And whenever I play something like that, like inside, I always feel like I'm supposed to be like, you know. Analyzing, looking it. at it, and like trying to trying to like figure out their design and stuff. Put your and beret on. That's like legitimately tiring to do. Yeah, you know. 
And there's nothing to analyze about Counter-Strike. It's Counter-Strike. You <laughs> shoot people in the head with sniper rifles from five feet away while jumping through the air. Like, that's the game. And there, I think that <laughs> it's there's something nice about not having to, like, study anything. You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being pretentious. No, I mean, yeah. Like, there's, like... Right now, the only game I'm playing mostly is Overwatch, and it's just because it's that same mastery, like, because I think there's different, like, this roguelike mastery has, like, had this huge resurgence, obviously, in the last couple of years, but for me, mastery was mostly for, like, Twitch-based, like, competitive games, so it was Halo yeah. 3, Call of Duty 4, Rocket League, I was, you know, played a lot of Rocket League, but, like, I'm really enjoying it, kind of to the detriment of wanting to try other games like i still want to get back to the witcher 2 i want to i mean the witcher 3 i want to finish mafia 3 i want to finish uncharted 4 or last of us like all of these games that i have but it's like but overwatch i can just sit down play for like a very short span of time and feel like i've gotten my fill right or you know play one match lose yeah. get pissed off <laughs> throw the controller across the room and be like all right i'm done for the night <laughs> and it's always interesting because like overwatch is still so new it's interesting watching the adapted um uh, strategies strategies mm-hmm. evolve over time and you yourself like getting accustomed to everything because right now you see a lot of like junk junk rat players do this thing where because junk rat has like a landmine that he can throw down and then his left hand he pulls out like a, a trigger and blows it up whenever he wants to so you see people throw the landmine down because there's no friendly fire and he'll run across it trigger it and then just do this giant leap across the map or it's like because he has no like grapple or anything to get into like windows like higher yeah, ledges. Dope. They probably designed for that. Yeah. yeah. So like so people see the landmine as like this intentional like damaging item, but it can be used for self benefit or crowd control because you can just throw it, and even if someone gets close to it, you can trigger it and it throws them back. So you can just use it to crowd control That's a room. That's really cool. So it's things like that that I really like. Yeah. Yeah, I really like uh, when when. It's particularly cool that that exists in a primarily multiplayer. Well, like only multiplayer. Only multiplayer, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's um, AI, but but like like uh, sort of that like uh, Deus Ex level like systematic uh, type of interaction, right? Mm-hmm. Where like like you y- you guys have all heard how like in Deus Ex, like if you put the landmine on the wall, you can like climb on it and use them as like a ladder uh-huh. to like get up, <laughs> get up walls, and you can like break the game with it. But that's like. Totally, like that's that's too specific of a thing that someone didn't account for it when they were making that game, right? Um, and it's really cool, I think, to have sort of these systems that can be exploited in unorthodox ways in in a multiplayer game. And that's really that that because that could give you like such a huge sense of mastery, right? Right. Because um, you figured something out that no one else has, but you also get to use it against and with other people, right? That's that's pretty cool, I think. I feel like though that in games like that though i think it's a shame when it becomes like a like rocket jump situation where like it's really cool that that exists and like it does give you a feeling of mastery but like when it's a requirement well and it's just when it's like like mimetic like when it's a meme like not in like a funny haha meme sense but just like in a sense that like the whole community knows about it and the whole community does it that's when it like becomes kind of like weird to me, like, right? And there's no real way to really control that either, is there? right? Right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, in like in Overwatch, there's like an elimination mode, which is just one life, and you and it's always played on the same map. So it's 
eco point Antarctica and they're like it's just snow map and there's like two like main there's like three main um lines through the map mm-hmm. and you start out in this enclosed space um and there are two tunnels that kind of where there's an entrance like right in front of you and then there are two tunnels on either side of you that can lead you like around to the to the side lanes of the map what if you play is may who's the 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 ice powered girl she has like an ice wall that can physically move people up so it can block people um because it can't go through it or they can physically push people up if you happen to trigger it underneath someone so a may player can just go into the tunnel and put the ice wall underneath them and it'll push them up into the map into the world where you can't <laughs> shoot them but they can shoot you so like that you know and then there's that exploit which they haven't yet cinched yeah. up so uh Hey, is May fat or what? Have <laughs> <laughs> you heard about this, Sam? Nah. So May is like she wears like this big like s- snow jacket, right? Well, they just did the uh, the the Lunar New Year event is happening right now, and everyone has these Lunar New Year um, skins like junk rats. Like he has like these two bandoliers of grenades usually, but now they're firecrackers and stuff. May's it's like this this kimono looking thing, but there's a bug where it like shrinks her waist. To like half the size it normally is, so like May, you know, she's kind of a stockier looking character, but now she has like this super tiny waist. It's it's yeah, unintentional. Like the fandom was like in love with May because she's like a cute chubby girl. Yeah, and then now she's not. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I just and saw Overwatch Twitter and like freaking out about. <laughs> yeah, like Overwatch has a body image problem. It's pretty bad. But it's funny because like Blizzard's like we're gonna <laughs> fix it. Like it's a bug. We did not intend it's this. A bug. <laughs> No, it is a bug. They're being real. It's like this is a bug. Like this is it's not, not a bug. Is they published I, it like that? Yeah, I like, can't someone, believe it. Someone looked at that and was like, "Eh, it's good enough." But maybe it's not occurring all the time. Oh, really? Oh, I thought it was huh. like what? Like this is what she looks. Yeah, like. Yeah, see, I don't know anything about anything. No. I just know everybody I, on my Twitter feed is like freaking out because I read it's not as fat as they thought. I something. read it as they. Uh, oh, and people freaked out because they like made two characters gay. And that was like, oh, they made Tracer gay. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tracer's gay. Yeah, Tracer's a lesbian. People freaked out at that. Like, would you see that guy? That- but it was it was like not because like people weren't. Free- oh, I'm sure some people were freaking out because they were just like, I don't want gays in my games. But it's because like the fandom of that game is all about shipping the characters. So like by making her gay, now like half of my ships don't work no more. Wait, ships? Do you know what shipping is? No. Do you know what shipping is? Some weird. I feel porn weird thing. that I'm the only one here that knows what shipping. Is it's a. It's like a fan thing where you like make up relationships between characters. Sixty nine. <laughs> um, that that's pretty funny. Now all oh, the so ship short for relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh got it. Got Jesus it. Got Christ. it. Got it. Like um, like a co- good lord. Kazumi Akami. No, it's because like in Animal Crossing, you know, when you get on the ship with the Kappa dude, uh-huh. and he sings a cute song about being or like sometimes oh, it's like ship. sexy. <laughs> That's literally like where my mind went the first time I heard it. Like I understood the definition totally, and I was just like, oh uh, yeah, because in Animal Crossing, like it's really flirty to get on a little ship with that guy. So so, so people, I mean, but like like what do they use it for? Like what's the like, is it just, like, in their head and it's, like, a nice thought? Or yeah, I mean, it's probably, it's like, like, fanfic or whatever. Yeah, it's, like, fanfics. It's, like, people draw pictures and stuff. Like, there's a huge fan art community for Overwatch. Yeah, but then, like, even even them complaining and being, like, like, oh, my ships don't work anymore. It's, like, all right, but, like, gender fluidity, fluidity is a thing. Like, 
calm down everyone like <laughs> yeah sexual orientation still, it can fluidity. still work for you like it's fine well like so but, but yeah. the head cannon the thing is is i think that game benefits more than most games from like this community of people that like are super into the characters yeah Damn, no one was into, like, the fucking spy in freaking Team Fortress 2. I think the people into the spy, <laughs> just was, not... I mean, that machinima culture was really cool. But, like, <laughs> it got, it got Is weird, Pyro though. a lady? No. We never decided. Like, no one okay. knows. We, we, we as a society never <laughs> assigned a gender to Pyro. figured it out. Yeah. Well, I think the disadvantage that TF2 characters had is, like, it's not... It's blah, 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 the spy. It's spy. Right. It's, like, it's... They, they've abstracted the character more. Right. Sandwich. Uh, also, talking about games that don't represent women well, there are just not in <laughs> yeah. Team Fortress 2. <laughs> so for maybe Pyro. Maybe Pyro. All dudes but in the like, zone. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, no presenting women. women. Yeah. You know, like, guys. Yeah. Know. We got to fix it. Only female protagonists now in all of our Pico 8 games. <laughs> Uh, see, I, I think I would put, like, uh, like so in Silent Earth, like, the protagonist of the game is, like, you, right? Like, that's uh-huh. that's that's the, that's the how that works. Um, I don't uh, feel comfortable writing women characters because I don't, like, I don't, I've never had that, like, life experience, right? So how could I, you know, like, how how would I write a, a, a good, like, female character? I mean, my counter argument right? to that is you that know? women are just people. They're just great. But they're not just people because then we wouldn't be having this discussion. Like, there's, there. No, I think if we the, did treat them as they, just they, people, we we wouldn't having be having this discussion. Well, when I, when I say, well, what I mean is that like we're gonna solve this tonight. Not, y'all. It's it's not the same. It's not the same. Like, like it's not the same life experience, right? Like, right. If you say, oh, we're all just people, and you're like, you're like blind to like what people, how people grow up and what they go through throughout their life, and that like women have to deal with a set of issues and men have to deal with a set of issues, like. I think that that strips away the entirety of the experience, right? Like, because that's what makes it interesting, right? Is ri- is being able to write about and discuss that stuff. I think the 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 difficulty is what you're talking about. Is there are unique experiences for women, but I think, right, which I don't know how to write about. Sure, but like, well, I, think, I think a lot of those unique experiences are unique in the framing of gender. But like, I think everybody experiences like uh, alienation or like love hate yeah i mean like i think i think i don't know i like to make my characters like just genderless or just like yeah me too a frog (laughs) (laughs) where it's just like a ship i don't need to worry because i don't experience a lot of male issues like my dad was never like a sportsy guy so like not being a sportsy guy i never got like the pressure from my pops to Throw the ball good. So like I just play in the big game. I'm I'm like, I don't have a lot of like the typical things that people like me have had to deal with. Right. And I, well, I mean, it's not, it's not that you should always, I don't think it's what I'm trying to say is that you should only write stuff that appeals to your gender. Right. Just the safest way to write anything is write write what you know. know. Right. So, so like write about your experience. And if, if you're like, you're a guy and the, part of that happens to over with like, you know, the societal, like, like across the board guy experience that lots of guys growing up in America or whatever tend to have, then that can be part of it. But I can't write about what it's like to grow up as like a girl because I never did that. 
Yeah. You know? Um, but I, think, I guess that's all I'm trying to say. Okay. I can see that. I can see that there are unique experiences that you've just never had. Like, I'll have unique experience. Relate. Yeah, right. But I'll have some experiences that, like, women might have had. Like, like, uh, like just because that's, like, an overlapping experience that I've had with another person, right? But, like, I don't... I, I can't write about that, like, one specific thing that I could just not, not ever have if that makes sense yeah i think you can i think everyone can learn about and educate themselves to write for the other gender though yeah I mean, that's my feeling if you if you're if you're like talking to someone about it that's that's something that's that's one thing i think because like story a story is just like oh man who said you probably know this since you like you're you're um you're I'm a writer, writer guy, you know. dude. Yeah, you're you're a writer. Um, there's this one dude that that sort of d- d- describes stories as like all it is is a series of micro me- mi- micro memories that are arranged into an order that causes you to have a new experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, you can get new experiences that you haven't had by consuming narratives, um, which like lets you write about different stuff, right? Like that's how you get yeah. like that's how you get new inspiration and things like that. Um, so it's not that you could never do it. I'm just saying like, I don't have like the material. I think also like video games being the most like empathetically charging media, maybe I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. Well, Blanton's hard, hard line. Suck it music. (laughs) Like if all your, if all you're experiencing is like Geralt being like, I'm going to grow my facial hair out (laughs) then like i think well so like for me like i was i wasn't really interested in like gender politics or anything like 10 years ago or whatever but i was really interested in experiencing like weird games that did have to do with that just because games are like being like well like i was talking about earlier I don't remember if it was on podcast or not, but it, like me being really into role playing in games, like being like, okay, well, like if I'm going to play Anthropy's dysphoria, I'm going to try and put myself in those shoes as much as possible. And that game allows you to. Right. And same with like, you know, if I'm playing Assassin's Creed, I'm straight up going to be like, uh, like as Ezio hardcore auditore de forense. No, I'm never gonna play that. Come on, I'm talking about OG. OG. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'm talking about Hashishin, bruh. <laughs> I'm talking about being up in that mountain temple, bruh. <laughs> Even the hay bales, bruh. Yeah, like so, like just like, and I think video games are like uniquely suited to do that. But like, yeah, if you're just playing, you know, thirty something white dude with facial hair and crop top or whatever they call that haircut then like you don't get those experiences Mm -hmm. and you can't relate like when you like that's probably why like a lot of like you have like these insular communities where they are just like pumping out the same kind of game over and over because like those people have played so many of that game and played that character so many times that they're just like well is why no well it becomes like what you expect the medium to be yeah yeah you know it goes um, back to Witcher Three. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I mean, uh, COD Bros only play shooters because that's what is easy for them to play. It's it's like really hard for them to like like imagine imagine taking somebody 
Um, and you can you can imagine this guy to be whoever you want, but I'm sure you'll like get an idea. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. He just plays Call of Duty a lot, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he has a uh, don't tread on me license plate. Uh, I think that's enough. <laughs> uh, no house. But put him in front of like like something like a game with a lot of like gender fluidity and, and shit and like, like Katamari yeah. or something like that. And like and and like I'm sure they would feel a little weird, right? Yeah. You know, like it probably wouldn't be the easiest thing for them to play because it's like challenging some of their notions, not just about what games are supposed to be, but like their notions about life and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, even though the game's really fun and not really about that stuff, even though it has some of the content in there. People would be turned off by it. Right. Um and so yeah, I mean, you know, if you just keep like it's irresponsible to keep making games to a target demographic over and over and over and just capitalizing on that mentality, knowing that you're just entrenching it further. Right. I think. You know. Go- going back to the um the 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 writing from a perspective you're not familiar with the only the only thing that and I, and I do think like educating yourself and researching on that and that's kind of what you're saying Sam is that would help you to write from a, a perspective that's not your own the author of the red badge of courage which is about the civil war yeah i've read that book it's a good book he was born after the civil war mm. and when he wrote the book civil war veterans would come up to him and shake his hand and be like, "Oh, what division were you in? What?" He was like, "I was in this battle. Like, when? Where were you stationed?" And he's like, I "Wasn't in the war. Like, this was completely based off tons of research and in-person interviews I did to write this book." Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think, even if Sam, you feel like, "Well, I don't have these unique experiences," I think people can educate themselves. Yeah, on those experiences to be able to create totally. an empathetic reaction from people who actually had those experiences. Totally. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to imply that it's like impossible or you shouldn't do it or something like that. No, I know. Me personally, I get scared of it because, yeah. because, um, well, it's, it's, it's certainly, you don't want to do it wrong. Don't want to do it. Right. And, don't it's, want and it's definitely like injustice. a sensitive issue. Um, and something that would be very easily to fuck up. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I just don't want to be, I don't want to be in a position of having to fuck it up. Got it. Yeah. Long story short. (laughs) Well, we have to wrap up. I really like this discussion, but we got to wrap up. Well, I've been playing Dark Souls. Yeah, but we knew that. (laughs) We can talk about what I've been playing. I feel bad. Well, I mean, I I brought up Overwatch, but Will, give me, give me, how's, how's the the Dark Souls? I'll tell you, this will be a preview for the next time I'm on here. Okay. Uh, So I decided I really want to play Dark Souls as Ocarina of Time. So you're just rolling everywhere? So, yeah. Well, I mean, you're already doing that in Dark Souls. Yeah. So my plan is, so like, you know, the first area is the Deku tree, you know? Uh So I'm going to go to the Great Hollow in Dark Souls. Ooh. This probably makes no sense to some of you. But um, I mean, but a foresty area. Yeah. The first uh, Goma in Ocarina of Time, the spider boss. So I go to Quelag, the spider boss in Dark Souls. Also pretty close to the Great Hollow, so kind of convenient. Uh and I'm going to see if I can do the whole Ocarina of Time that way. See how far I can get in Dark Souls. What, what kind of songs can you play in Dark Souls? Well, I want to get the whole Ocarina of Time soundtrack and play it depending on where I am in Dark Souls. Where would you Where would you play like the um, Hillian Fields or not, Hyrule Fields? Yeah, I don't know where you'd play that. But like, um, where would you play the fucking Clock Tower theme? Or like the Windmill theme, whatever it is. Like, 
it's the dude with the it's the dude at the box. Oh, it's like the thing uh-huh. coming <laughs> out. Yeah, talking to like the blacksmith. That's a good question. Or... Yeah, maybe while I'm ringing the bell in the first tower, because that's kind of a high place. Yeah, there's a goofy dude at the bottom that's like got his arms out. Funny. That okay, doesn't really have so to cute. do with the dude it's with the like, guy, but I'm trying to think like of all the places you would use the soundtrack, like, like the uh, what's the name of the village, Kokoriko or whatever it's mm, called. Yeah, um, yeah, just like where would you put that? Um, the uh, the foresty area. What is that called? I don't know. Speed up some skeletons to like. Yeah. Giant hand comes down. Yeah. <laughs> grabs you. That's funny. Oh, I look forward to more Dark Souls updates. This, yeah. This is Dark Souls 1, right? Yeah, Just clarify. Yeah. Okay. How many times have you played it? Like, how many times have you beat that game? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> no, no. I don't know. I haven't beaten it that much because I get really sucked into just doing other stuff. Did and the you, last did boss... Did you and Curtis finish the, the no the No, no that's going to be, like, really tough. I, I need to practice on my own for that. Yeah. It's so a level one. So this is just regular run, but in different order. Yeah, and I'm also like not gonna level up. I'm I'm only gonna level up vitality, uh, which is your HP after I beat a boss. So it's similar to like gaining a hard piece in Zelda. Cool. So yeah. All right. Well, look forward to it. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, totally. Coming on episode sixty nine. Woo! 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 Woo!